Welcome to Free Fall no, RC Podcast. Um, all right, let's get started. <clears throat> all right. <clears throat> all right, I gotta find my show notes. I mean, you can go though. All right. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey guys, <laughs> and we have Fred back on the show. I can't take time. it. What the? Hell? He's laughing at me. No, I'm laughing at Steve. What the hell kind <laughs> of intro is that? What's wrong with the intro? I felt like I was listening to public broadcasting for a second. <laughs> <laughs> the local channel. Yeah, I'm. I'm you know, I'm practicing for my new gig. <laughs> what? What is that? Broadcasting? <laughs> PBS. What? NPR. NPR. No. You have to go, hello, and welcome to Freefall RC Podcast. Trump sucks. <laughs> that's the only way you're going to get on NPR. Uh, that's what You got a Republican bash every five seconds. Do they do that? D- yeah, they do if they want their funding to continue. I shouldn't say that. I don't, I don't know that for sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, because Kevin listens to NPR so much, he's familiar with their layout. No, the only thing I know about NPR is that they did the Star Wars radio drama back in the 70s. In seventy nine, mm. and uh, I could I could tell you a whole story about that. Matter of fact, I think I will. It was Brian Daly, the guy that wrote the three Han Solo books, that actually wrote the script for the the radio drama, and he dissected the movie. He was a Vietnam vet. He got into writing, dissected the movie, and took a two hour movie and made thirteen half hour parts <laughs> around the original Star Wars movie. You know, A New Hope. And then he did Empire really? Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Yeah. By the time he got to Return of the Jedi, though, he was he was diagnosed with cancer and he was really sick. And uh, the, so the movie into a uh, radio drama was only about eight episodes instead of 13. By that, but at that point, mm. but it was pretty interesting just to see somebody dissect the movie like that. And any little thing that happened in the movie, you know, he blew up and it was cool as a, as a fan of the movie and being a kid. It was, uh, it was cool. Cause I used to go to the, I used to like the old, um, I mean, I'm going to sound like I'm ancient, but I used to like the old, uh, radio dramas like Vincent Price would do, Abbott Costello stuff. And I, when you're, when I was like a little kid, I would go to the library and get, you know, you could get cassette tapes on the, on the old dramas and stuff. Some of them were funny. Some of them were, you know, just the way the kids used to listen to the radio back in the forties and fifties. Well, since we've already sidetracked the episode, uh, <laughs> on, on, on that topic, if you like that type of thing, and, and not to steer you towards a podcast other than ours, but uh, there's a Dakota Ring Theater that does, you know, that's it's a modern group that does, um, you know, old time type radio shows, and they're they're actually really good. Really? Nice. Okay. Cool. They got a, a detective type one and a shadow type one, and you know, oh sweet black blackjack justice is my favorite one. I was oh. just telling Steve today that last week I drove to Pennsylvania like two hours each way to go to work and I was listening to a podcast that w- that was 4 hours long. I don't th- they definitely weren't putting it out every week. It's called The Projection Booth and they 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 go into movies and they um they interview people like the one I listened to I listened to two. I listened to one that was done on Beverly Hills Cop and one that was done on John Carpenter's The Thing. The Beverly Hills Cop one, man, they were interviewing, you know, the guy that played the sergeant and the guy that played the captain and you know people behind the scenes and it, it, they get really in depth into what goes into these movies and 
how they were received and, and all sorts of things. It was, it was cool. The thing one is amazing. And, and the Beverly Hills cop one was, was funny because originally Stallone was actually supposed to play that role. The Eddie Murphy role, really? Yeah. Up until like a month before shooting. And. Oh, wow. One of the things I thought was interesting was he had a contract that said whether he does it or not, they were paying him $3 million and he, oh, wrote, wow. he, he's actually a really good writer, really good director. He writes a lot of films, you know, you wouldn't think mm-hmm. of it with the, the, the roles that he portrays, but, uh, yeah, so he had a lot of writing done on Beverly Hills Cop and wanted to make it a more serious drama and stuff. The studio said, Hey, listen, we're going to cut you loose. We're going to bring in Eddie Murphy to play it. Um, you can keep all the stuff you wrote, but we, we don't want to pay you the three million if that's cool with you. And he was like, no, 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 that's fine. And they were like, you know, what, what actor's going to do that today? You know, nobody yeah. really. And, nice. uh, yeah, so he took that script and he went and made Cobra, that other movie that was kind of funny, but kind of, you know, crazy and serious. Yeah. 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 That's a good podcast, man. I dig that, that podcast. Nice. Awesome. All right, this is episode number 77, Just Hanging. Just Hanging. As if, yeah, if you couldn't tell already. <laughs> well, last week we had Hanging with the Hooligans, so I figured this week we could just be hanging. This, and, this and week talk. we'll leave you hanging. Well, this week we'll leave you hanging. <laughs> Where the hell's Chris, by the way? I have no idea. He oh, found out boy. I was, I was going to make it this week, so he decided not to be here. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. No, I think he mentioned something about not making. Like it. the old days when when I'd come on and Kevin wouldn't be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those. It was one time. <laughs> you guys are killing me. Uh, Maybe twice. Right. I think it was once, right? Yeah, only yeah, one time. Well, and that's you know the uh, RC after hours. You know, I'd be on when Andre wasn't. Mm. Starting to see a theme here. Mm-hmm. Uh. All right, so let's catch up with everyone and see how uh, everyone's hanging. <laughs> how are you hanging? <laughs> All right, Fred, you've been uh you've been MIA for a couple of weeks. Let's uh let's hear from you first. Yeah, um so we'll go backwards. Uh last week I was away for a work uh trip. They sent me down to Orlando. So I uh <laughs> I couldn't help it. I packed up the Gremlin, threw in a little uh take along kit with me. And in between uh, seminars and meetings, I snuck out to a little empty lot of some sort and got some flying in over there. Cool. If I had the if I had the inductors, I might have been tempted to fly around the lobby because this hotel was awesome. It uh it basically it there was a center courtyard and all the rooms faced in instead of you know other hotels where they have the balcony facing out. You, mm-hmm. You're uh you're basically facing to the interior of the building. It was a giant open courtyard. But dude, wouldn't wouldn't weren't you afraid that your inductrix would have or, or- Tiny Whoop would have gotten run over by the monorail. There was no monorail in there. And you said you were in Orlando. Yes, and I avoided Disney at all costs. I did <laughs> see the fireworks, but that's as close as I got. I mean, I was, I did, I did check the um, aviation charts to make sure that I was outside of the Orlando airport and the uh, Disney no-fly areas. You are such a good boy. I was right between them, so I was, a, I was good for flying. And then uh, the week before that, well, I took a little. Uh, podcast related trip uh the local college the technical college has a uh invitation for some of the local drone pilots in the area and uh i was one of the ones that got invited they're they're trying to do a drone safety class and i'm thinking okay you know i've been bugging them for a while thinking they're gonna have like a a 107 class to get people trained up for 
you know, taking the commercial certificate test. Right. That may have been part of it. They didn't. They didn't really talk about that at all. Uh, they had teamed up with a uh, national national organization that does uh, drone safety, and uh, it looks like a good course for if you're in a municipality. Uh, there was actually two guys from one of the local town fire departments there, so that was encouraging, man. That, I, I actually like that because um, mm-hmm. the idea that they're going to start integrating it into fire department needs. Is yeah. very very good for the rest of us. Nice. You know this. You know with the negative opinion of drones and stuff that there is out there, and it's kind of affecting everybody. If the fire department's using them, you know that's starting that normalization of it, and you're gonna start seeing the 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 you know rules and and regulations start to lift. I think on the rest of us. But as far as just someone like myself, that all I want to do is just learn enough to pass the test. Uh, the course was more than I was looking for. Uh, they had it running. It was like four modules with 16 courses and two courses a week. So, I mean, it's almost a year long Damn. If, if I was to take the course. And then we're not even talking about what they're charging for it. So, again, not something for me, but it was encouraging to see that, that you know, there was something that fire departments, police departments, or something like that might be able to get involved in and get them, you know, approved to use them in, in a work-type environment. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely, man. I see them more on the news now. I see, you know, like Drone Force One or whatever here, you know, in Jersey on on some of the local news channels. They're uh, they're just using drones, like, and they come out, you know, flat out and say, "Hey, every time we see a, a shot, it's like this is Drone Force One or whatever." And uh, you know, yeah. they're, they're flying up and they're peeking into somebody's backyard. The one newscast I watched, the, <laughs> they, the neighbors were complaining that somebody wasn't cleaning their pool out, and they were flying. They were still on the street side, but they flew up over the fence, and you could see in this guy's backyard. Man, I was like, oh man, Big Brother is here. <laughs> and beyond that, you know, like I said, I got some flying in on the trip, and uh, I uh, met someone through Facebook. You know, noticing that we're both local and we're both on the same local drone pilots uh facebook page and uh he said hey we we've, we've got a place it's an old golf course they've actually turned into a church uh but the greens are still kept up and uh invited me over to go fly with them and uh, hopefully this will get to be a little bit more of a regular thing uh they did something kind of cool i know some of the audience isn't really into the drone side of things after the last couple of episodes i was listening to you know some of the the hosts and guests aren't either <laughs> uh but uh they uh they, the guy, one of the guys, he did something kind of cool. He got these like just basically metal spikes, these metal rods, and shoved them down to the ground, and then took like a ten foot stretch of uh, three quarter inch PVC and bent it in a hoop, and that was our gates, and it worked great. We had a, we we didn't go through them very often. We bounced off them, hit the trees, hit the ground, but we had a blast. We were laughing the whole time. Oh, that's awesome, dude. So that was the gremlins you were flying through there? No, we're doing a little bit of everything. They, the other guys didn't have any gremlins yet. I'll have to look it up, see what it was that they were they're flying. But um, it, it definitely wasn't, you know, one of them one was a, a flight test purchase. Uh, in fact, that's might have been how I actually originally talked to the guy through customer support. But uh, it wasn't the Gremlin. It was one of the other, you know, ready-to-fly style micro quads. Nice. Now, how far away from your house is this? It's maybe 20, 30 minutes, so not terribly far. Oh, that's awesome. In fact, he invited me over today, but between uh, having to close up the park and then having this podcast to do, I couldn't go. Cool. Well, thanks for making awesome. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, who's next? I'll go. So, I flew. Um, I didn't flew this. I didn't fly this weekend. It was it was family weekend. You know, a nice long weekend we had. So, 
We had one extra day. Nice long weekend. Come on, man. Hey. Hey. <laughs> You're all, you've been off of work. How do you even know what a weekend is? <laughs> I don't know. My wife does. <laughs> She's like, we got a we got a long weekend. We're going somewhere. I was like, okay, baby, let's go somewhere. <laughs> all right. So, um, yeah, I mean, for for folks that are friends with me on Facebook, I went to where I go to Maine, and then went to Connecticut, and there's some stuff there too. Um, but yeah, today's Tuesday. We're recording. I was like. I'm not taking a no fly. I'm gonna go fly today. I wanna. I need to fly. I wanna fly. So I went out to our field. I uh, got about like four or five flights there before it started to rain. I was on my fifth flight, but it started drizzling like as soon as you left, Kevin. Yeah, I was. And I was out. like, "Yep." It's like, yeah, I'll just I'll land, you know, empty out the tank and just uh, pack it up for the day. It was uh, you know, I want to make sure I got this heli, you know, ready to go for for our fun fly. So. Dude, the heli's ready to go, and you're ready to go. You were, I am. You were yes. killing it, man. You're just oh, flowing stuff I? together. Yeah. You wait till if Jeff sees you fly, he's gonna be like blown away, man. <laughs> Jeff said he he's coming down. So that's awesome. It's good to see him again. Yeah. He's gonna be floored. I need some nice uh, professional pictures of my heli. He he did an awesome job last year with that. Yeah. Yep. Besides that, what did I do? I, I worked on some uh, fun fly stuff. Couple folks reached out to me about pilot stickers, so yeah, I did that. I made pilot badges for our fun fly and a couple other things that you know I'm gonna try to see if I can make enough to you know hand out during the fun fly. So cool, but yeah, that's kind of about it. It's not too crazy. What about you, Kevin? All right, stand back because I had a busy week. (laughs) (laughs) I flew Saturday at the club, and it was uh, I didn't even realize it was their pattern flying event. I just went yep. down there with my old P-51 that I fixed, the plane that wouldn't die. And I had my Sequoia that I fixed from last weekend where I ripped the landing gear off. I brought my Goblin 380 down there. So they had the pattern flying event and they were like, Hey, Kev, you want to, you know, you want to take part in the pattern flying? And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, cause I, I had never tried that. So I figured I do most of this stuff anyways while I'm just tooling around. And then they said, well, if you sign up, you get free lunch. So I was definitely in. Oh, shit. So, um, so yeah, I took part in that and, uh, that was really, that was a lot of fun. I, I can't believe how much fun that actually was and how difficult some of the easy maneuvers are. Like, I don't know what I, every time they said, all right, now go do an Immelman. I was like, all right, is that where you got to flip it? And they're like, no, just loop. And then at the top of the loop, roll over. That's a, that's a difficult maneuver if there's any wind pushing you either way because you get you get uh, like coming up towards the top of the loop like your tail down and you're coming up and if you start to get pushed one way or the other you're like uh and then then if yeah. you know if you're if you're almost inverted you're like uh uh well how do i correct with the rudder you know but uh no it was it was a lot of fun man had a good time what were you flying for that i was flying the sequoi in that okay the one you're beating up in the live video yeah yep the one that i ripped the landing gear off and i ripped it off again this this time at the field. <laughs> yeah i was harrying around and i came in like from about 30 feet like straight down in a harrier and then it just slammed to the ground it was coming in nice and then i just you got to really have that throttle nailed on the 3s version yeah. but then i i flew that p51 dude and this plane literally has been in the garbage three times i talked about it last week and with full flaps you know i needed to dial in some elevator so i went up and around once and you know that the retracts still work and it's kind of like the ghost p51 because there's no pilot there's no nothing 
when I'm flying around, I'm like, did I lose my canopy? No, it's still there, but there's just <laughs> nothing to see inside of it. So I, I the first flight, I come around, I land, and I said, all right, I got to dial some elevator, dial some elevator into the flaps. And what I found was if I dial just a hair too much elevator, when I'm coming around to land, it'll actually cushion out really nice as I'm coming in. Like, it'll start to pick up a little bit, but now you're losing speed, so it kind of gets in that right attitude. This thing was landing like a dream. I was, like, blown away. I'm like, this stupid $99 airplane that I bought from Nitro Planes like three, four years ago, It's it was flying great. And I was just like, you know, I had to add weight to it, and I had fixed the rudder and elevator. But, man, I was so psyched after flying that that i came back and i said i gotta get that damn hobby king p40 back in the air so i had a, just a litany of problems with that thing when i first got it and that thing is tail heavy so i added a bunch of weight to that kind of cg'd it out i can't wait to fly that again i don't nice. know what these helicopters are i just can't wait to get back to fly planes <laughs> i like to hear that <laughs> but uh no I, so i fixed up that i fixed the oxy sport because i was having uh i was having a little problem with that Oh, my servos were a little off from rolling it down the runway, and uh, I wanted to check out a few things. I brought the nitro into the house and fixed that this this afternoon after I got home wait, from wait. work. Was your wife there? No, no, she's away, dude. Okay, <laughs> I brought it into the garage. I didn't bring it into the house. Oh, okay. Also, this weekend, while I was, you know, it was the quote long weekend, I was messing around with that RC tank, and I three D printed a FPV mount for that and put one of my old uh, cameras and transmitters in that, and I was driving around my neighborhood, and uh, that was that was pretty cool. My transmitter is kind of sketchy, so I, I didn't really go too far with that, but that was okay. it was different. It was a cool experience because you're going through the grass, and if the grass is like I don't know three four inches, and you start going through it, you know it's like you're in the jungle. It was pretty. It was pretty cool. That that little stupid tank would. These stupid little robot motors, worm drive motors that were like five bucks a piece. That thing goes through almost anything. I was shocked, man, driving nice. that thing you around. You didn't have any track, uh, you know, losing the tracks like you did Slippage? in the snow or anything? No, because yeah. no, there's no snow on the ground. No. But nice. it went it went up my walk to the to the front door. I mean, I was going through the, some pretty tall grass. Nice. And uh, I was I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, if if, if there's a few obstacles that you know, are too much for it, um, you know, because it doesn't weigh a lot. It, it can't get over them. It'll just, like, roll over. But that only happened one time. So drove that around my neighborhood. I flew the Phantom around my neighborhoods. My neighborhood. My neighborhood. Neighborhoods. <laughs> and uh, He flew so far he went into the other hoods. I went into the other hoods. I, I, mm -hmm. I saw at one point my neighbors waving at me because uh, I was flying over to one guy's house, and I came down and I was chatting with him for a while. Uh, he had a car that he wa wanted me to fix. That was my nice oh, neighbor. I was going to ask how many fingers was he waving with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sure that was a hand and not a gun? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I actually have to go back and look at the footage. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that was about it. There's something else I was going to say, but I can't remember what it, what it was now. Eh, it'll come to you, and then you can apologize to Fred and say it. <laughs> 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 oh boy all right so let's move it to the main topic here main topics it's gonna be a variety of things we'll talk about yeah because we're just hanging yeah we're just hanging out so one thing i want to mention is just the all the event prep stuff right like we threw an event last year and, and you know it's got a first so we kind of didn't know what to prep what to do this is our second 
And I still don't know what to do or what we need to do. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed from last year. I mean, well, I'm, I'm still like last minute, like, what do we need to do now? <laughs> and, and the funny thing is, this is actually, you know, good timing. I was talking to one of the guys I was flying with, you know, because we're trying to get, you know, try to draw some more people in locally to, to, to participate in flying with us. And we're wondering if, you know, maybe we should try to do our own event. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I'd love to, to kind of chat on the topic. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, depending on, on the size, like we're, we're very small. So we, we actually didn't, you know, we, we spoke to our AMA rep, but we're not actual like sanctioned um, an event. Not yet, at least, because we're just such on a small scale. It's more of a club fun fly more than a big fun fly or an event. So, um, so sanction wise, you don't really have to get one yet. If it's a small group of people just meeting up, um, once, once you start doing like more of the business side of like, you know, raffles where you're taking in money and stuff for the club, then you want to definitely want to get yourself sanctioned. Um, so the event size doesn't make an, um, so, you know, well, what, why would that, why would that matter? So, I mean, let's, let's just kind of throw some of this up out there for maybe someone else that's looking at doing their own event. Uh, mm-hmm. Even on a small scale, uh, why would a uh, size of event determine the need to involve, let's say, the AMA for sanctioning? Damn, man, I don't know that answer. <laughs> well, you're saying that you know, it, as it yeah, gets I mean, bigger, if you yeah, do as a contest, yes, yeah, so as as it gets bigger, if you do any type of contest, any type of like um, dealing with money, really, I think it's where it starts to get official. And I would think that just they want to know if it's a huge event. For insurance purposes, that not that sure, they don't okay. have to pay anything out of initially, but they'll want to know that it's in a big event just in case. And plus, I think they would want to notify the town. I mean, if you got, like, I mean, look at Flight Fest, man. All of a sudden, well, that little big little like town that. with, uh, probably, there's probably 2,000 people in that entire town and freaking 5,000 people show up for a week. I mean, that's got to right. be pretty crazy on the town, you know? So I'm sure that AMA, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm just speculating too. I don't know, but I'm sure that AMA would want to let the town know, Hey, there's a, like yeah. a, a big event coming up. I don't mm-hmm. think the AMA gets that involved in it. Um, yeah. From it's, what it's, I, it's the I organizers see. that's going to be, you know, letting the town know. Um, so, okay. So on something yeah. like that, I do, you know, I do events through my job. Um, so on that topic, a great resource, a great person to talk to is the, the people in charge of your local tourism development council. Yeah. Um, they're the ones that, you know, say you're planning an event, you you want to think about what kind of food vendors you want or if you need Porta Johns or something like that, and you don't even know where to start, uh, contact those guys because they're involved in a lot of those local events that, you know, the town put on or, or different organizations are putting on. They're going to have phone numbers for reliable, good sources for yes. um, no, those true. type of amenities. Yeah. You know, if you're part of a club, talk to your CD, your contest director. He's – um He's going to know a lot of that stuff, too, because he's, you know, he's the one who's going to be organizing. He's the one that's going to be in direct contact with the AMA, you know, division rep. So that way you figure out, like, OK, does it have to be sanctioned? Does it you know, need any additional assurance or anything else um, with that? Yeah. And in the case of our event, like we had to find out, you know, can we grill or can we not grill? Do we need a, you know, mm-hmm. can, with the night flying, we need a permit. We need a permit for the grilling. You're going to know all yep. that type of stuff, too. Yeah, depending on where you have it, right. You know, because our, our field is um, state property or state owned that, uh, you know, there's no open fire, right? You can't do an open flame, so you need to get a permit from the town. You know, for night flying, it's the night flying is not really a permit. It's more just, um, you know, you just want to advise the town that you're doing it. 
Yeah. So that way, you know, the police department is not getting weird calls like, hey, you know, there's some weird glowing thing flying over this field, <laughs> you know, from, from some random person driving by. So they know about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's an RC field. They're doing a night fly. It's, you know, that's it's normal. A, it's a freaking UFO. On, yeah. on that on that note, there there might be an interest in community outreach. Maybe you're trying to, you know, I think personally night flying would be a great way to try to reach out and get some of the locals to come in, set mm-hmm. up the chairs, and watch you do all this crazy stuff with the, the airplanes and the helicopters with lights on them. Yeah, it's exactly what Rybert does up there in Rochester. The mm-hmm. locals come out to see that. The fireworks yeah, throw, and the, the fireworks. Yep. yep. Throw a screen yep. up and and you know put on you know a kid movie like planes or planes fire and rescue or you know some aviation themed you know movie. Yeah. And uh you know invite your neighbors in and 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 help them see that this isn't just something that's noisy and annoying. There's you know good people that 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 are providing an entertainment to them too. Yeah. 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 Good point. For sure. Great idea. Cool. Uh, let's see. So, you know, once you get your that kind of stuff worked out, you know, the one of the earliest things you need to do is set a date, figure out what day you're going to do it. You got to, um, you got to make flyers. You kind of have to make, you know, there's a couple of little things that, that you have to do. Um, flyers important, you know, you want to get it on some sites. You want to get it, you want to get the news out, right? You want to let people know that this is happening. My main source or my main outlet, I would say was Facebook actually. Facebook is uh, kind of where I've been pushing this event. I'll tell you something I heard about through the uh, Flight Fest events. Yes. Um, check the local hotels. Yes. Make sure there's not another large event in the area. If your people are coming in and they're needing rooms and there's some dentist convention going on <laughs> and all the rooms are booked, you know they're not going to be happy when they can't find somewhere to stay. So make sure the dates don't conflict with something else that's already going on. Definitely. That's a great idea. Yes. You anti-dentite. Dentite? <laughs> yeah, you anti-dentite bastard. <laughs> yeah, definitely check if there is other vets on that's going around in the town. You know, I mean, I didn't check. I, the the amount of buzz I've I've been, you know, I've heard about folks coming to the event. I mean, a lot of club members obviously will be coming to the event. A lot of club members and their friends. Um, but it's not like a lot of people from out of town will be coming. It's, it, it is a single day event. Um, yep. That's another thing. So when you have multiple days, that's definitely you need to check with the hotels. You need to also um, have those type of recommendations for, the, you know, the out-of-towners coming in for your event uh, so they could plan for it. Yeah, because they're going to most likely ask you where's a good hotel. Like Chris was going to yes. come down and stay at the Farrington Inn, oh, which oh, I, no. I think they <laughs> filmed the, the House of a Thousand Corpses in part of that hotel. So <laughs> we were like, uh, no, don't stay there. <laughs> Yeah, I think they call it like a Section 8 hotel or something like that. I don't know what it is. It's something. And the other thing, too, is uh, if depending on what property you're on, um, what are the overnight accommodations? You like, know, are you, you allowed out? to sleep on property? Um, or is it, you know, are you going to have somebody stuck in a Jeep at the gate sleeping out there overnight? Yeah. Right. So definitely uh, check that out. Uh, let's see. What else? What kind of what other prep work did we do? Uh we got a PA last year that we rented or borrowed, and this year we're actually purchasing yes. one. And I, you know, the, I would say, you know, I probably could say this at the end, but I'd say if you think about having an event, just just do it, just have it, because you're going to learn a lot of stuff by having the yes. first one, and yep. then the second one will definitely go smoother. Like Chris has said a few times that with his event up there, the first time uh, that he had his event, he was running around like a maniac to the point where he almost had a nervous breakdown. 
He was trying to do yeah. everything and mm-hmm. and get everything done. And you know, you don't want to let anybody down, but you know, it's an it's it's an event. I mean, people are just going to come out and hang out and yeah, it's a fun fly. Yeah, fun. <laughs> you got to have fun. Don't <laughs> don't let it get to you too crazy. Um, you know, it is what it is. I I know there's room for improvement on our first event. But it's hard sometimes, right? It's like I know one the one improvements I definitely would have wanted to work on was uh, the food situation. Um, yeah, you know, which this year we we did a little better, but we you know it's still going to be kind of the same thing. We're just going to get a bunch of pizza and we'll have some drinks and you know soda and water and stuff like that. Keep everyone hydrated. But this year we and you know unlike last year because we didn't know that you know with that whole you know not allowed to have an open flame. Rule yeah. with the, the state park, you know. This year we made sure we got a permit so that if anybody does want to come and grill, go for it. You know, bring your grill, bring your bring, charcoal. You know, get the big trailer grill, drag that in. The one they had at the, uh, you know, bar, the one from the the bank where they have the big cookouts or the yeah, church. Yeah, and you want to, you know, <laughs> bring a, a big smoker, go for it. <laughs> get yeah. the sands and get the giant box of burgers mm-hmm. and buns and yeah. So. There's definitely a lot of planning you need to do, um, but like Kevin said, just just go for it because whatever you miss this year, you'll you'll definitely do better next year and the year after and so on. So, and I would say if you're gonna if you're definitely serious about planning an event and having an event, go make sure you go to an event first before yeah. you do mm-hmm. that, so you could see you know and, and go and have a good time. But then you can actually see like how things go, and you could probably talk to guys in charge there and ask them questions too, you know. How they do yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. See how they run their, you know, their raffles or giveaways and that kind of stuff. Just don't do it at the neat fair. <laughs> Just don't ask no. them how, how they run things. <laughs> Just don't run it like them. <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Just don't threaten to step on anybody's airplane if it's not on the ground within 45 seconds. Oh, boy. <laughs> They're never going to live that down. That's that no. was a rough one. No. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, let's see. What else? What else is there? Um, what was the mm-hmm. big lesson you learned from your event that you had? It was probably the 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 food thing. The, the, the food, permit. yeah. The food, the night flying, kind of. You know, I wanted to I wanted to go a little longer since it is a, a one day event. Want to give the opportunity that people could kind of really hang out late if they wanted to. And I think um, not getting that same mixer we had because we had a lot of problems with the mixer and how many mm-hmm. microphone inputs we could have. Right, right. Yeah, it was an eight-channel mixer. With, I no, think it was only like a, three of them worked. No, no, it was, it was a 12-channel mixer with eight, six XLR inputs, but only three of them worked. Yeah. Yeah. It, a lot of it was dead. And, and, you know, I mean, it was it was a borrowed system, right? We, we got it for free. So this year, we Kevin and I kind of splurged a little, and we bought our own. We said, screw it. Let's buy one. You know, we could rent one for a couple hundred bucks for the day. Or we could spend two or three times that and buy one and have it for years to come. So, which I don't think uh, I paid you for. <laughs> no. Well, that that I haven't paid for it either. I'm sure that brings up a good point. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so that's the thing. So, okay, budgets, right? Talk to your club. You know, you can probably get a budget allocated for it. Uh, we do this on a zero budget. Yeah. We don't. We don't get a budget from our club. Um, we feel that you know it's just. It's something we want to do, so we just do it. Our, our, you know, we do have a small budget. You know, I know Mike will basically he'll get our club president will get us what we need, 
But things like a PA system, we figure we need something for the podcast, for when we go on the road and stuff, that we need something anyways. So let's just purchase one now and start utilizing it as soon as possible. So, And waters and stuff like that, like Steve and mm-hmm. I don't, don't mind you know, picking that up, you know, a couple of yeah, cases of water, waters couple of cases and soda. Of or whatever. Yeah, yeah you know. Um, a couple bags then, of ice and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and then the club has a, a 50-50 that pays for the food. Or it's the yes. entrance fee that pays for the food. I don't I don't remember. If you're a member, you pay us just for the 50-50, which is 5 bucks. For non-members, we made it $20. You know, basically half of that goes to the 50-50. The rest go to food. And if there's any left over, the club just takes it. I thought it was fine. 25 for non-members. No, it's 20 this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Last year, what it was is 20 was pre-registered and 25 was at the door. Oh, okay. um, to simplify it, I just said it's just 20 bucks. I mean, you know, we're not the club or ourselves. We're not trying to make any type of money on this. We're just taking this to cover the cost of, of the uh, the fun fly, which is like the 50 50 and, and, you know, like the pilot badges, little little things that we the club bought, you know, like lanyards and stuff like that. So no, nothing crazy. It's it's not for profit in any way. This is totally. Let's just have fun, you know. Yeah. Key is just to have fun. Cool. So all right. Just just kind of key in on the, the PA system, right? Like, the if your club doesn't have a PA system, uh, we do recommend getting one or renting one or having some type, especially if you have more than say twenty thirty people. Um, not just pilots, but like just in general, there you want to be able to make announcements. You want to be able to um. Kind of let everyone know when the pilot meeting is. Um, when we do the pilot meeting, to to announce it so the folks that might be like setting up and you know not taking the pilot meeting ser- so seriously, you know what I mean? Like just kind of sitting back and doing something. Um, they can at least hear what you're saying and what the rules are and stuff. Um, uh, yep. setting up the field is another thing that I know Kevin and I. Um, last year, Kevin, Kevin and I and Mike, you know, kind of went into last year. Is it's kind of like how do we want to set up the flight line, right? Uh, you know, we have where do you want the parking? Where do you want the canopies? Kind of like that type of uh, um, just layout. You want to make sure you kind of go over with your your club president or your club, you know, event coordinator kind of deal and just figure it out. What do we do? We did two flight lines on the main, yeah, or two we, flight boxes on the main line, right? And then we had a small area for you know if guys wanted to hover and test stuff out. Hover tune. Yeah. Yeah. Which, wor- which worked out really well. I mean, last year, I don't think we had, I don't remember how many pilots we had. Um, we had quite a few club members, you know, the guys that would own, you know, that owned uh, one or two helicopters or, you know, hadn't flown helicopters all year came out and mm-hmm. thought it yeah. was cool to just come out and hang out. And, uh, you know, it was our first year. It's a small, it's a small gathering. I like, you know, like Ed was saying, he likes those kind of smaller gatherings because yes. It's less, you know, it's less crowded. You never had to really wait to get on the flight line and fly. Yeah. So, so you know, it's it's more of a club event versus, a, you know, trying to draw in a lot of public. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and, and as it grows, right, as as the word gets out and it gets grows bigger, you know, then it becomes more of a, a public event, right, which is fine, too. One of the things um, I noticed, I, I went to an event a while back. There was a, a local club. And they were trying to draw people in. They wanted to, I'm guessing, probably maybe try to recruit some new members and, you know, expand mm-hmm. the hobby a little bit. But what they were lacking was any sort of centralized information area. It was funny because a, a couple other 
flight test guys. I, I think, uh, oh, heck, who, who was there with me? I think Dan Cruz was there with us, uh, Crafty Dan from the flight test forums, and another guy that's not on there anymore. He's kind of drifted away. Uh, but we ended up being the unofficial welcoming group because just where we were set up, you know, hmm. being flight test guys were, you know, very eager to try to share and, and introduce stuff to beginners. But I think that, you know, the, the, the club did a good job. They, they had a guy that was the trainer, and he would take people up on buddy box flights and let them, you know, try their hand at flying if they've never done it before. But there was nothing that really let people know that that was something available and, and who to contact or how to get, you know, in, included in that. So um, if you are opening it to the public, maybe a, an information booth or someone that, you know, one of the, the members, the, the participants mm-hmm. that could be the, the focal point for a uh, contact person for, for new people coming in. Yeah. Um, that's definitely a great idea. Um, you know, when you, when you're building your flyer, definitely have that information on the flyer because your flyer is going to be where a lot of people are going to get the initial information about your fun fly, your information, like what's, what's going to happen at the fun fly, <laughs> you know, having someone like that, like, you know, first timers, welcome to, you know, buddy box and fly. You want to have it on the flyer, and then, you know, you want to have a contact person, like you said, information booth person. Um, you know, usually uh, what we're going to, you know, what we have is that we have a registration booth where uh, every pilot has to come and pay their uh, landing fee, plus pick up their badges, their pilot badge, their lanyard, um, and any extra stuff that we were going to set up. Yeah, and then we had our tent on the, the only tent that was sort of, you know, canopy, was the only canopy on the one side of the fence. And, I mean, we had mm-hmm. all our PA equipment. Anybody right. could come up and ask us anything, you know, but we had a couple of guys helping out from the club that were taking part in registration and all that and getting people organized. But it was basically, yep. you know, show up, set up, and, and just go fly, have a good time, you know, hang yep. out. Exactly. Now, something I made uh, for my work is at Lowe's, I'm sure Home Depot, they have a kind of um, like a hardy board with a white smooth surface on one side. Mm-hmm. And uh, it makes a great dry erase board. I cut it up into a square, uh, actually two squares, and made a sandwich board. Um, and you can do quick dry erase type, uh, you know, constantly changing announcements for, you know, if there's a timed event or maybe a, a, a weather notice or something like that. Um, you know, that might be something worth making and, and having available at your event. Definitely. Uh, one thing that I used was RC Flight Deck. And RC Flight Deck. Um, not only can handle your registration, also handling the money transaction too, if you'd like to collect money, uh, your landing fee that way. But it also can, I set up a schedule on there. So I could actually take that schedule and we can, you know, print it out, put it on a big board or whatever and, and kind of have it so that way people can refer to that as far as, you know, you know, we're going to have any demos or anything like that when it's a pilot meeting and all that type of informational um stuff so what's the website called rcflightdeck.com a lot of clubs i noticed use that not just for their events but like their monthly meetings and like the meeting minutes and all that stuff like they it's actually very highly used in uh in the rc i guess uh scheduling or the the planning side probably can distribute notifications too right like through your calendar and all that because anyone who signs up for your event has to sign up with an email address and create an account, which then, you know, you could send notifications. Like, if I wanted to, everyone who's registered, I can send them updates. That's great in the way, 
you know, and when I'm thinking of like the CP Helis event that got canceled, like that would be a great way to like mass notify any yes. changes in events like that. Right. Exactly. And guys out there that are my age or might be wondering, what am I going to do with a flyer? Am I going to put it, you know, on somebody's windshield in the parking lot? But no, you're actually, you make a flyer because then you can just post that flyer on yes. different Facebook pages. You know, it's all, it's all digital nowadays. Yes. It's all social networking and social media and social, um, and social yeah. justice social website Uh-oh. social justice <laughs> uh my god all right um yeah and and you know it's that that stuff works right you go on your forums you can put them on your forums yeah right put them, you know, yep. like a lot a lot of you know we we put them on our websites and you know it's all it's all digital it's all in the interwebs right now but it's you know, but you make a flyer. You can, if you want to take ad space up in your local paper, you can, you can do that. That yeah, works true. too. Use the same flyer. Yeah. Use well, the same flyer. Also, if you're doing it through the AMA, they're going to be posting it in their monthly magazine. In fact, that's how yeah. I heard about the, well, I actually heard it from a couple of different sources. But uh, one of the things I was doing is I'm trying to find different RC events in the area. I am going through the back of that uh, monthly magazine trying to find what they're offering. Or I'm using the website, um, the uh, the MA's uh, magazine, and I'm drawing a blank on the name of it now. Um, but you can go on there and look up the events through that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So once you get sanctioned, um, that gets put in there. So that's part of being sanctioned, which is great. You know, they they publicize your event for you, too. So that's great. Yeah, that was the way I would look up a lot of events, like when I first started in the hobby and didn't know anybody or knew nothing about where to get information on events. So... That's where I went, you know, first off, just Google and, and I would go to the AMA site for my district. Also, if you're trying to draw in some people that maybe aren't specifically in a club yet, but they kind of got an interest in it, I use uh, meetup.com, and uh, I was using that originally for finding local hiking events and outdoor-type activities. Uh, but I noticed they do have some RC and drone groups, not in my area, but, you know, people that are kind of casually interested in it, but, you know, have used that page. Um, if you sign set up an event on there, it's going to notify all the people in that area. Cool. Yeah, perfect. So food and drinks. Um, you know what we're doing is we're just we just order a bunch of pizza pies, and you know. Yeah, with Jersey, order pizza yeah. pie. Order pizza, you know. <laughs> it's it's several. Who doesn't like pizza? Come Let's on, go get a slice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's there's other people can. What I when I went to Sea View, they um they <coughs> had a local restaurant cater. Uh, it was like chicken parm and eggplant parm, and what was the other one? Like sausage and peppers, and you know they had <laughs> like a whole bunch parm. of. No, no, it wasn't meatball. <laughs> Sauce, peppers, eggplant, vegetarians, cool. you know, and then uh, and then chicken parm, and you know, and they had a whole bunch of rolls, and you made your own sandwich, you know. Oh, that nice. was cool. It was definitely something different, but yeah, you know, there, there's, there's different ways you can do it. You can, like Ryber's event, you know. The club itself would grill burgers, hot dogs, and right. um, they did pulled pork sandwiches, right? Yeah. And then the pilot dinner, they you know they had a pilot dinner, but it was, it's a multi night event, right? It was, it was three days. So on one night they had a pilot dinner, which was also local, locally uh, sourced from a, a caterer or like from a barbecue place, which was awesome. Yeah, it seems like that's a theme too with some of the overnight events or the weekend events, you mm-hmm. know, that are a couple of days. They always have a you know, included in the pilot landing fee is a ticket for a pilot dinner. Yeah. Which is cool. I dinner. like that. Yeah. It's food. I like and it was, food. And so far for me, it's been 
freaking fantastic food. Like I enjoyed the the spring fling. Their yeah. food was great. The, they had fried chicken, uh, corn on on the cob, and a whole bunch of sides and stuff. You know, Ribers was uh, it was a barbecue pork sandwich, but it also had like just like spicy corn. It was it was the corn was great. Yeah, yeah, and then potato salad. I think. Yeah. You know, and you do what you can, right? I mean, you got you can't meet everyone's diet. You know, restrictions, right? But you do what you can as far as uh, what you offer. I just put strawberries and peanuts in everything and tell people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Eat at I, your own I, risk. <laughs> Eat your own risk. Uh, as far as food, my favorite event, um, up in uh, Donaldsonville or Iron City, Georgia, there's a, a place called 3D Farm, and they have a Huckaween event. And the guys there, they put on their own cookout, and it is the best food. I mean, the stuff they spread out on that table for you is awesome. What's a Huckaween? It's a Huck Fest for the big 3D airplanes. They do it right around Halloween every year. Oh, okay. I think I might have seen video from that. Yeah, you might have seen some from me. I've been to it a couple times now, and it's, I mean, I'm not a big 3D guy, but it's, you know, it's an RC event, and the guys are awesome. They've been, they do night flying. They, they, uh, they take the big glow powered, um, you know, ugly sticks and ultra sticks and stuff, and they have a pylon race to the death. It's, jeez. Nice. Oh, it's awesome. It's like demolition derby racing with, you know, big glow planes, 40 size planes. Damn. No, it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, and if the food's killer, then oh, the food is—I mean, it's you—you it, you can go to the event just for the food, but they—they they have a good time with it. That's cool. I guess mainly I wouldn't if I was planning an event. Um, I mean, it's—I'm so thankful I got Steve and Mike because I really don't do anything except show up with a bunch of stuff and maybe a cooler and you know help set up and stuff like that. You know, I guess if I was to plan an event, like I would definitely. Like I said, go to some of these events and and just not sweat the small stuff. Just uh, I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna say I would call Mike and Steve. I would call Mike <laughs> and Steve. Do it. <laughs> and have find, find a mentor. <laughs> yeah. So no, just to not not to sweat the small little tiny things. Just things will work out. Just go for it. Yeah. Just just, just read the complaints after the event and change all those for the next year. Yeah. Exactly. And then the you know all the stuff that you fix, someone else complained about the next year, and you can change it back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you have questions about running a fun fly, reach out to us. We'll try to help you the best we can. Talk to your club. You know, I'm sure someone in your club, you know, one of your officers in your club have have organized you know other events, and they'll have great advice for you. I have something else to add to when we're when we're done. Oh, yeah. What else? What else? Oh, I was going to say, if if you don't have a club or don't have a place, you can always do what our buddy Dave does in in Ohio. He has Monkey Fest, which is like every other year he does it, and I think he does it in his own backyard. And he, yes, yes. He does yeah. everything, multi-rotors, helicopters, anything RC-related. And, dude, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it, but it looks like they have a f- fantastic time out there. Like, he's a great guy to be in with, and... They got to have a blast doing all the stuff they do. Well, I don't know if you remember, he was the one I met up with, and we went to the local Navy mm-hmm. Air yeah, Museum. Yeah, exactly. And he was yep. telling me about his event. And uh, man, I was, I was like, man, why is all this stuff in the summer? Summer's the time I can't travel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he just posted something on Facebook about his event, and yeah, it looks fantastic, man. It looks like they have a good time. We'll have to share that for him. Yeah. The other thing too is, you know, maybe some of the folks in the audience that are listening right now are screaming at the radio, screaming in the car, saying mm-hmm. we're all wrong. Uh, yep. come on Facebook and, and 
tell us where we're wrong or make some suggestions or if you got questions, you know, post it on the Facebook page. Yeah, let us know. Maybe we'll get you on the show and you can uh, school us all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so let's see. Parking is, is kind of interesting. Um, it depends on your field. depends on your location. Um, if, you have yep. a, if your field has a parking lot, fantastic. If not, you have to designate an area for parking. If, um, if it's a multi-day event and you're parking on dirt, what are you going to do when it rains? When it's, yeah. <laughs> when it rains heavy, you know, do do you hire Fred and say, guys, you get Fred, you got to go around and let these guys know they got to leave now or they're not going to get out of here. You know, do you have a tractor to pull the giant RV bus out of the mud? Mm-hmm. You know, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we have uh, Kevin's Jeep, you know, and and then when his Jeep gets stuck, hopefully he'll buy that, that, that winch that he wanted to buy and he'll be able to get himself out and the car that he's selling. I got to put my big 50-inch light bar back on my Jeep for this weekend, and if we do night flying, I'll show you how bright that freaking shit is. Yeah. Can you change um, the angles of the bulbs? I can change the ang- angle of the bar itself up and down about oh it. is it one of the led bars yeah oh man yeah i've seen those they, they, they definitely blast some light yeah uh but i was gonna say you know uh another thing you might not think about either is garbage pickup i know that at flight, oh, yeah. flight yeah. fest they had a couple guys that were killer mm-hmm. man and non-stop driving around picking up the garbage and geez mr fury did it himself for the first couple of years uh, with with probably a lot of help but i mean that's something you don't think of you know you well, show up to an event like at our field, we have a couple of cans, but you know, if you're going to have people out with, with pizzas and stuff like that, you really don't want, you don't want to leave a lot of garbage behind. It's not a DC rally or anything like that. Yeah. You want to make and, sure and it's clean for the next time. We, we, we did touch on it a little bit, but you know, Port of John's, you know, if you got a lot more people showing up at your field or location than you're used to having, um, are the amenities going to be able to hold up to that? You know, yeah. Make sure you have plenty of toilet paper. Uh, you know, you might have the poor John, but if you don't have enough toilet paper, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, little things like that. Yeah. True. Yeah. And that's one of the things we always make sure that, yeah, we have Porter John's, um, depending on event size, you have to coordinate how many to get. Yeah. And I would say, you know, <laughs> also you want to have just somebody to have a little first aid because most yes. likely you're going to be off the beaten path a little bit and. Mm-hmm. Why not? You better be safe than sorry. You know, everybody can call 911, but, you know, yeah. if if you can be there right away with, with a little first aid. Yes. Well, yeah, the Hello Kitty uh, Band-Aids. Uh, yeah. And on that note, um, you know, depending on the size of your event and what might be going on, um, and you did, again, like I said, you did touch on it earlier, uh, but maybe you notify the local police or fire department and say, hey, this is going on. Feel free to come on out and check it out. You know, that way they're already on site. And maybe have some sort of maps to your local urgent care or hospital so if somebody comes in from out of town, they're not familiar with the area, um, they know where to go. Or something a little bit less emergency-related, places to eat, get supplies, things like that. Have something, you know, some information available for them for that. And, you know, of course, all this, you know, depends on how big the event is. Like something like Flight Fest, you need all that (laughs) and and more. After doing our fun fly, man – Looking at something like Flight Fest, that oh, takes I, balls of steel to do. <laughs> Dude, I yeah. tell you, I don't know even where to begin trying to plan oh, something that absolutely, big, man. man. Hats off to Austin and the guys. They yeah, they made it look like it was easy. Yeah, um, they did a great job with that. Yeah, seriously. 
I mean, I didn't go to the first one, but the second one, wow. God bless Mr. Fury and his his house and, and his property to open it up to all those people, wow. man. Just, yeah. it, it's mind-boggling. The, the amount of hospitality that his entire family provided uh, was mind-boggling. It's just, I, I, I wouldn't want that many people in my yard for 10 minutes, never mind, you know, 10 days. Dude, I don't want five people in my yard, <laughs> let alone 5,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's, not only did he, you know, like you said, man, the guy was out there. He's, he was, he was the first one out. I, I'd have to fight with him trying to get, you know, you know, to, to let us get some of that stuff. He's out there pushing wow. out of the way to help clean the, uh, the trash cans and everything. So, yep. Well, I, his wife mowing the lawn, like mowing oh, the runway. Was, you know, oh, for them, because awesome. they, the jet needed a little thinner runway or whatever. <laughs> That's crazy. All right. Okay. We're at the next topic under yeah. our main topic that I've been dying to hear. Yeah. So what's next, Brad? Well, since I was away and I'm, I'm catching up on the uh, the podcast that I wasn't participating in, uh, you know, I, 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 I felt a little hurt. You know the the discord between the different elements of the hobby between the 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 helicopter guys and the and the drone guys and the plankers and you know I hate to see the division and the hate you know we all should probably try to work together we're all in this together you know with all the media pressure and the rules and regulations coming down on us you know we don't need to look at each other as 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 you know different factions we're we're all RC people we. We, we, you know, drive the RC cars and fly the RC planes and the helicopters and the drones. Uh, you know, can't we all just get along? Does this include the old, the dirty old plankers? Well, you know, maybe not the dirty old plankers. We, you know, those guys suck. But no, everybody okay, else. Good, good, good. Everyone else. I'm okay with that. <laughs> well, it's just you know, the dirty old plankers. They're like, what? You don't fly a J3 Cub? No, you can't join my club. And you like, know, I what? say it partially in jest, but I, I, I do. It is something I notice because I, I like doing all the stuff. You know, I got my stupid little foam planes, and I got my balsa planes, and I've got. Mm-hmm. I even have a helicopter or three. Um, th- that's the awesome thing about our hobby. You know, if you don't like one, you know, there's something else for you. And even if it doesn't pique your interest, don't bash the other guys. Don't be dark. You know, and I know most of it's in fun and tongue in cheek, but you know, the rest of the world. The regulators, the lawmakers, the the you know the the media, they're lumping us all together. If we're flying something that that is radio controlled, we're all drone pilots, and we're all going to be the the easy target for them. Yeah. Um, so we don't need mm-hmm. to, <laughs> you know, it's just something that was it was you know dawned on me while I was listening to some of the stuff, and and when I went down to the event in in Panama City, uh, the heli guys down there, you know, they don't fly drones, so, but so they kind of this kind of animosity towards it because. You know, it's been the whipping boy of the hobby recently because, yeah, you know, it is easy to get into and it's easy to fly and and you know, the, some of the people doing it are being stupid and giving us, the rest of us a bad name. And and watching the AMA, you know, Facebook page and the stuff like that on the forums, we shouldn't let ourselves get torn apart. We need to be all on the same page and and, and stand up for each other. So yes. that's that's my my soapbox on that. I'll, I'll get back down now, but uh, <laughs> I mean, that's what I and, want to and say. I, I totally see where you're coming from. And you know, when when I when I I kid around, obviously with the dirty old planker stuff, like you know, I mean, whatever. You you've been in the hobby for 50 years, and you know this one aspect, and that's all that matters to you. That's fine. Even if you're a helicopter person, 
more Joan person. Don't act like a dirty old planker. Don't say that everything else in the hobby is killing your hobby. You know, because truthfully, I mean, maybe drones are, maybe they're not, but that doesn't matter. Like, you know, like you're saying, Fred, we're all in this together at this point now. If the well, outside the hobby, they all put us in one group, then we might as well stand together strong as one group and not and, separated, you know? And and what a lot of the guys, I mean, because, you know, I've been in it for a while and I've watched the uh, the, 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 the rise of the multi-rotors and, and, yeah, the ease of it. And, and you're getting the kids into it because it's like video games. So it's something they can, I mean, and they pick it up fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but go on the flight test forums and watch the guys that came in there, and that's what their their initial interest was. But all of a sudden, they're they're looking. I mean, they're doing more of the balsa builds, you know. And and yeah. you know, you got guys like uh, Joshua Orchard that that's pushing that type of stuff, and um, you got guys like Carl Littick that's making these giant scaled jets out of foam. If they don't get in the hobby at all, you can't, you know expose them to the rest of the stuff and if they get into the drones and you push them away you're not going to get them into that stuff like the whole you know keep helis alive thing get them in with the drones and then show them how awesome helicopters are mm-hmm. and uh if if you're bashing them they're not going to come ask you about your helicopter because well you've been bashing them yeah so it's going to take a know. long time for them to even talk to you after you're bashing them yeah, because they're going to think you're a dirty old planker, and they're going to be like, oh, what do I talk to this guy? There's no point. He's just going to bash me about what I do, so screw him. I'll tell you, one thing I've enjoyed doing since I can remember is always being able to step outside your air, your environment and look at what's going on. I, I, I enjoy doing that. In the hobby here, you can definitely see you know, drones, helicopters, and planes. I've I've seen all three aspects of the hobby be incredibly, you know, giving people. And I've seen some incredible assholes in all three of them. And it's, it's like, I've seen helicopter guys with attitudes. I've seen the clicky multi-rotor guys. And I've seen the, like you say, the dirty old plankers in all three sides. I've seen, I've seen good and I've seen bad. I've definitely seen bad. I mean, I, I was originally, you know, on Facebook, I've, I've gotten, I've gotten slammed a little bit here and there. A few of them have been predominantly helicopter guys that do it, but I can't say that, you know, it's only helicopter guys that are that are knuckleheads or, or like to, you know, push other people down to make themselves feel better. I've seen that in yeah. all th- I'm and you try not to look at that in a bad light. I mean you try you you can see it, but you try you know, you try not to let it get to you because the, I think that the good side of this hobby, the people that are really nice and and, and are really decent people in this hobby, man. And are only out to have fun. God Almighty, that's all we're trying to do is just have a good time, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've seen I mean, a lot more good people in the hobby and people that are just out to have a good time, man. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter which aspect you are as far as helicopters, multi-rotors, or airplanes. You, too, can be a dirty old planker. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, and like, that's the thing. It's the attitude. I think it's human nature. It's it definitely plays into it, right? Human nature, or just you know the way people are, personalities. I think um, about when they were filming Planet of the Apes, the original one with with Charlton Heston. Uh-huh. They would take a break. You've probably heard this story. They would go to lunch. The guys that were wearing the ape costumes would keep their costumes on. The orangutans would sit with the orangutans. You know, the monkeys would sit with the monkeys, and the gorillas with, with the gorillas. Yeah, that's just human nature. You know, you're you're alike. You stick together. I have a theory that I've had since I was a little kid that I've always said, you know, if we were, you know, because race is a big thing, to, you know, all around the world and 
because it's what you see. I think if we all on this entire planet, if everybody looked identical, but we just had different color eyeballs, we'd be at war with the blue eyed people and, you know, and the brown eyed people. It's just the way humans are. Yeah. Yeah. You're always going to blame somebody outside your circle for the problems you're having. I mean, geez, I've been to fun flies where guys blame the wind and, and, you know, it's not that. It's just, you know, maybe you shouldn't be flying or maybe you should pick a different model to fly in the wind. Mm hmm. Yeah. No, but I'm not talking. I'm not talking about it as far as like each aspect of the hobby blaming the other. I'm I'm just talking about like within each aspect of the hobby, you're gonna have those dirty old plant gratitude. You're gonna have the people that are like, "Oh, it's that's what's ruining my hobby," or this or that, or like, "I can't believe you do this," or you know, like you you know how it is, right? We we've you and I both flew everything, yeah, right. So we were part of all of it. We we've done all of it, but as we start to specialize, then we start seeing. You know, little things from different groups kind of come out. And it's, you know, you, you, it's just human nature. People, they get spiked for you. So I don't know. What blows my mind is, is at mm-hmm. this one of the clubs that we know of, um, airplane guys don't even want other airplane guys or other members there. And I've, I actually have seen it at two clubs, uh, that I know of, uh, yeah. in our area. Mm-hmm. Um, one that we talked about, you know, they don't want any, any members that know how to fly. They just want new members. I mean, what's that all about? Yeah, it doesn't um, make any sense. Didn't make any sense. And, you know, uh, the other one that just, I think guys just want their little coffee clutch and want a place to sit. I, I And I don't understand yeah. it. I don't understand it either. You know, there's this one club that uh, we reference once in a while that don't want helicopter pilots. They don't want anyone to use their field. They'd rather have the, the field disband or the club disband than let more members in or or certain types of members, I guess, or certain folks that fly certain things. I mean, which is ridiculous. Yeah, that's I just mean, not good for the hobby at all, man. Not good for anybody. Anything, anything that, like, any type of hobby, any type of knowledge, any type of education stuff, like, it has to be passed on. If yeah. not, it dies. Yeah, think of the knowledge that, that some of these older guys have, man. Yeah. Man, I I don't know. I say it a lot, man. I'm, I'm thankful for the club that we have, man. Because yes. those guys are fantastic. Even some of the guys I thought were knuckleheads, men when I first joined the club, I've I've gotten to know, and they're just a wealth of information, man. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, because hey, you know, look look at myself. I was all about electric, electric this, electric that. Now I started getting into nitro. I am. I don't know shit about nitro, yeah. but I'm learning. I'm learning, and who do I learn from? I learn from more experienced people, older people that have been in the hobby longer. You know, they'll help me with my, tuning my motor on the, the nitro. Like Rob, he's, you know, he's definitely been in the hobby for a long time and he knows the shit and he's a source of knowledge that I can, I can pick at and, and learn from. Same thing like Tony and Mike at the club. You know, when it comes to nitro planes, I don't know crap about nitro engines, you know, like even on the airplane side, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. But they, they know and, and they're there to help. And that's what's great. Like they don't care that 999 Point ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time I'm flying a helicopter, but the one hundredth, <laughs> thousandth of of a percent I come with a plane, they're they're like jumping on it to help me. You know, like it's yeah. great. Yeah, I can give you an example, man. I was I have that Cap two thirty two. It, it's a Kangi model. I don't even think it's in production anymore. Sure, probably not. No, <laughs> I, the only way I could find a manual was on the internet through some weird site. And, you know, looking through the manual, now what size motor do I get? I get a point, a dot 60 to a dot 90, two stroke. I don't know what that is. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know because now everything's in CCs. I mean, when when you talk about CCs, I think they're more for gaser engines now. Like that seems to be like you can you know the ten CC engine, which is like a a dot forty six um, nitro equivalent. Yes. But they still they still talking, um, you know, point point sixty one to point ninety one. Um, that's cubic inch, I believe. But it's well, that's a, you what know, I thought CCs were. Isn't CC cubic centimeter or cubic? Oh, okay. Well, anyways, I have a picture yeah. of that that cap, and he asked mm-hmm. the, the the one guy I was showing it to at the club. He was like, uh, "How big is the wind wingspan?" Um, yeah, I said uh, sixty inches, I think, something like that, fifty nine inches. Sixty size. He, he's like, "Okay, you need X Y Z motor, OS, blah blah blah." He just rattled it right off. He's like, "That's the yeah. one I would put in it." I mean, yep. that's insane, dude. That information is invaluable. I mean, now you know exactly. Pete? He's probably Pete at the club. Yeah, that was Pete. No, oh yeah, that yeah. was Pete that, oh, that gave me that information. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's the one who I asked. I was like, oh, you know, should I get a, because I was looking at, um, for the revolver. I was like, you know, I'm looking for an engine. And, you know, I was like, well, it says I could go for six, uh, 46 or 51. And he's like, and I was talking to him, but he's like, just go for 46. 46 has enough power and it'll keep the weight down. And that's something I didn't even think about. It's like, I could, yeah. you know, for me, I'm like, go with the biggest motor I could fit on there. But, and that's what a lot of people have told me. If it's, if it's it. between the 60 or 90, go with the 90. Well, no, but he went the opposite. He told me to go with the 46 exactly. instead of the 51 exactly. yeah. because the 51 would weigh more and not give you more power. Not you know, It won't be an, an increase in power that you would notice the bigger size motor. Right, and so, he, he knows that through his experience. He knows that because saying. he knows the wingspan and everything. He was like, yeah, I don't know. Go with the 46. It's more than enough power and and it was that thing was fast. Like it was trouble. I had trouble yeah. landing it. And then so, and then that was another thing. I I spoke to him about landing the plane, and he was like, he was like, well, when were you cutting the engine? I was like, well, before my final turn, like a little bit before my final approach. I was like, oh no no no, you got to cut it like way earlier. Like you got to go. Your motor should be idling by the time the plane is in front of you, crossing you, um, to make your last two turns into your landing. Really. Yeah, because the nitros are just so light and they carry so much speed. I saw that with Muse and his Cub uh, last weekend, this past weekend, actually. Mm-hmm. He had a dead stick and he was flying by him, you know, by himself. And he was, yeah, I mean, he had to go around like once or twice and just to bring that thing in. Yeah. He did a great job, and but Pete was standing right there the whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, like people like Pete who who, like, I mean... He takes his balsa bills and it's like an art form. Like his wrapping with, um, you know, monocoat or whatever you call it. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. That tiger one, it's crazy. <laughs> like the way he customized it and, you know, redesigned it and everything. And, and, and those are the folks that like you, you're in the hobby and you're like, okay, you know, like he flies only planes, but I don't consider him a dirty old planker. Like he's one of us, you know. He's and, he's, and that's he's the one type of, of hobbyists. information, you know. You go to oh, I want to I want to get into a bigger plane, or you know, everybody's looking for the bigger plane, and you're like me. Yeah, I, I bid on bigger, the cub, faster, stronger. I bid on the cub, and I want it for thirty bucks, and it's got mm-hmm. that old weird covering on it. If I ever wanted to recover, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, you know, it he, has he, canvas. Guys, guys <laughs> like that is are the guys that you're you know you're gonna get that information from. Yeah, it's like dope and cloth. It's the weirdest covering. It's yeah. cool as hell. I love yeah. it. You know, but it's it's like yeah. When I mean, you you put that in, right? Probably weighs a ton. 
Yeah, I only flew it the one time, and uh, yeah. I broke something in there. I have, now it's been in the back of the shed. But, like, now, you know, say that in the future you want to bust it out, and you're like, okay, I want to work on this. <laughs> and you have a ribbon neck covering. Like, what are you going to do? You can't yeah. just patch it with monocoat on just that one piece. It, you know, you either have to recover the whole thing, or you need someone who's experienced in this to help you guide guide you through it, you know? And and, and that's kind of where we just want to talk about. It's that, you know... If you're the dirty old planker attitude person, whether your helicopters, multi-rotors, or planes, you're going to let the hobby die with you, and that's not good. You should share your knowledge. You shouldn't think about it as this is your hobby. This is our hobby. Yeah, and and one of the things is too is kind of like you just said, these old old plankers or the or the the old you know field budgets. Sure. <laughs> that that um, it's their field, and and you know they don't want none of these young kids in there. They're literally dying off, and we're losing those fields. Yeah, you know, yeah. if they don't bring any new people and younger people in, you know, when there's not enough people to maintain a club, that field goes away and gets developed, and you don't have anywhere to fly there anymore. Yes. Yeah, that's a and, sad part. And, and quote unquote, their hobby dies. You know, and like if it's, I just don't understand it. I don't know. Maybe it's like, you know, me being a new parent or something like. I want to share that. Like, I, I don't want it to go away with when I pass. You know what I mean? Like, any of my knowledge or any of the stuff that I like, I want that to be shared and, and live on through through generations. Like, how would you, like, if you're, you know, if you've been in the hobby for 40 years, how do you not want to share that and have someone, like, a new member be like, yeah, you know, I, I this guy, you know, he's, he used to help me out with all this stuff. And, yeah, you know, he passed away. But, like, I'll never forget him, you know, like that's that that essence like you're you're that part of the hobby will will live on through through past generations. And like, why would you want to close yourself out to that? I don't get it. Well, I don't know. Well, look at you guys. I mean, you're new in the hobby and you came in on the foam planes and you migrated to helicopters mm-hmm. and you, you're turning into dirty old plankers. Uh, you know, <laughs> you, what? you start started off hard in the old. <laughs> old man planker. I uh, started old. I didn't turn into an old guy. <laughs> but but uh, so <laughs> you, you you've migrated from you know one type of hobby to the other. Uh, you've gone from electrics, and I bet you when you started, you never wanted to touch glow. You heard all the bad stuff about it. It's dirty. It's problematic. Uh-huh. And look at you now. I mean, you're you're diving both feet in. Yeah. So you know it. Th- this is one of those things where if you don't if you don't encourage these new people to come in. You don't know if they're going to turn into the next person that's that's going to help carry on the balsa side of it or the the glow side that of it. True, yeah. And, and all this stuff comes back. I mean, there's guys that are are promoting the control line, the U control lines, where they got the strings stuck on the wing, and there's you know it just goes around in a circle. I mean, to me, that's boring, but they're loving it. They're having a great time with it, and and they're re they're, they're bringing it back. And that's the thing, right? Like, I never thought I would get balsa planes like again because I, I experienced it when I was a kid I it was terrible <laughs> it wasn't a very <laughs> fond memory of of taking months to build a plane not knowing anything chucking it up in the air and having it come down on its tail and you just throw it away like it was just a waste of time for me um but getting into the foamies and then and then you know and then at that point I was like oh I know more about this hobby I know more about flying now and how you know how to make an an airplane fly so let me revisit balsas, you know, let me revisit. And, you know, helicopters, the same thing. It was like, I could never afford that. But now that I can afford it, it's like, okay, cool. It's like, oh, I'd never go electric. I mean, go nitro. But you know what? It's like, I have a house now. I can store nitro fuel in a garage. It doesn't have to be in my apartment. 
Um, and, and you know, like you see it, you're exposed to it more, and you notice that, yeah, let me dabble in it, let me try it. If I like it, then I'll invest more time. And if not, then at least I give it a shot. And you know, if it's not for you, it's not for you, right? I mean, same thing with motors. I I tried the race quad stuff. I'm not good at it, and and I don't. I, it doesn't pique my interest enough to keep trying. Um, but don't get me wrong, like that the uh, acrobatic stuff, I like that. I like just using up the whole field, flipping like five times inverted, you know, see how much hang time I can have upside down. Like that stuff is fun. I'm terrible well, at it, but I like having it. You know, it's fun, well, though, you know? And, and that kind of goes back to one of the things I'd written in the notes earlier that, you know, you know, I went out and joined up with some of my, my local guys, and and I learned something, you know, deep and meaningful. I'm an extremely mediocre pilot i uh i've been doing this for for years i mean decades literally and i'm not like some of the guys that they jump in and 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 they're hardcore and they're focused and they're they're you know they specialize in something i'm a generalist and and if there's anyone else in the audience that that you know you just kind of like to dabble you like to have fun go ahead come on on the forums or come on the on the facebook page and 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 Show me I'm not the only one because I feel really kind of awkward when I'm listening to these other guests on here that that are these hardcore, you know, just just super focused on on you know being a, a extremely skilled pilot for helicopters or drones or whatever it is. I I like being mediocre at it. I like going out there and just kind of poke along, having a good time. I'm watching these guys that are in it for a couple of months and they're out flying me. I mean, I <laughs> they're just crushing any <laughs> any ego I may have had about oh wow I've progressed to here nope these guys have done more <laughs> in a month than I've done in you know 10 15 years I mean, um yeah but I, any I, kid <laughs> I mean I, I I'm coming to terms with my mediocrity and uh <laughs> you know so so mediocre pilots unite um come on <laughs> on and, and 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 tell me I'm not alone oh yeah. I think most pilots are just yeah. happy being mediocre and, and happy just to be where they're at and having fun. And it's just, yeah. I, I think it's just natural that you want to progress uh, and, you know, you strive to do better at what you do. I, I, I think it's like, you know, anyone from 1% to 5% are like, are super focused, like you're saying. The super competitive, the super focused. Super competitive, super focused, right? Like quad-wise, the people that are like building five frames, racing every weekend, Helicopter-wise, flying every day, trying to get better so, so they could get sponsored or compete or this or that. I would say That's not like me. 90, I am yeah, not that guy. <laughs> but I think ninety percent of the hobby is like you, though, like who dabble in things and try it, and and some some of the stuff they fail, some of the stuff they're okay with, some of the stuff they do good in. But it, it doesn't matter. It's not about that. It's about enjoying and sharing. You know, I I am gonna break out my little you know two ten size racing quad and and mm-hmm. I may even put up a couple of gates and practice between you know the next time you know the time I flew with these guys over in the next town over and and the next time I meet up with them so you know I'm not so bad now the funny thing is these guys are amazing once they have the goggles on they fly flip roll they've got four s six s I don't know that these things are screaming at at flying at rates that i i I can't even keep up with. And then mm-hmm. I break out my my gremlin and my two ten. I'm doing some flips and rolls and 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 buzzing around line of sight, and they're in awe. They're like, yeah. "Oh my goodness, how do you do that?" Well, and I'm they thinking, can't fly line of sight. <laughs> I, I'm thinking I'm doing like the basics, you yeah, know. Yeah. And they they were impressed. So I knew that's where he was going. Trust <laughs> me, they'll be exceeding my skill level now that they saw me do it. They're like, "Oh, if that guy can do it, uh, <laughs> I can do that." So I am sure the next time. 
we fly together, they're going to be out there out, out flying me line of sight too. So, so my, my glory know. moment is gone. I don't know. I think you might hold the belt for that for a little longer. <laughs> it's, um, and some people, once they get into the goggles, they, they don't, they never, you learn orientation. You, you know it from flying airplanes and, you know, RC cars, boats, whatever, other thing. You know, a lot of folks get into it straight into the FPV goggles. They don't know. Like, I've seen FPV quad folks that can't fly line of sight at all yeah. um, with the quads. But, I've, you know, it's funny. I've even seen FP, FPV folks, well, people who fly planes who get into the quads when they came out. And they did, did it so much that they can't fly planes anymore. At least, oh, like, that happened to me. They I was, lose the line of sight. They can't do oh, it. Well, it wasn't even that. Um, you know, cause I was flying my quads line of sight and FPV, uh-huh. but I'd be flying my plane and it, it's the, actually the funny one. It was the, um, uh, the bloody Baron from flight test. And I throw that thing up in there and that thing's a pretty peppy little plane. And I can't just pause it and hover it level like <laughs> I can my quad. If I want to take a moment and think about something, I can stop uh-huh. the quad. Yeah. This thing here, no, it's always has to move or it's falling out of the sky. And and that thing is short, stubby wings and a heavy motor and a heavy battery. It doesn't slow down. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit of a, a shock that, you know, I'd forgotten how to fly planes. So, <laughs> And it happens, right? Because it's like throttle management for all the aspects of the hobby, right? Your, your plane, your quad, your helicopters are totally different. Oh, yeah. You know? Yep. Planes, you can you can manage your throttle very easily. You could throttle down, you could throttle up full full speed, all that stuff. Quads, it's totally different because you need your throttle to turn quick. You know, which people don't realize is that. Oh yeah, you're kind, applying the throttle when you turn. Yeah, you're applying the throttle when you turn. It's kind of like flying a helicopter where you do bank turns and and coordinated turns. You you know, the more throttle you give or collective you give, the faster that they turn around. But you're also dipping the nose so it doesn't climb while you're trying to turn. So, yeah, it's, right. you, know, you don't do that with a plane. You you dip the yeah. nose in that throttle, you're going to the ground. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're going to go straight to the ground. <laughs> Lawn darted. <laughs> you know, and, but then it's different on a helicopter because at a certain point, you, it's weird. It's hard to describe, but you, you it's it's like a bank and yank. Well, you're doing a deal. lot more. You're using a lot more rudder with the helicopter than you are with the other stuff because um, you're well, bringing no, that tail I think, around. I think the quads you use a lot more rudder. I think the helicopters you use a lot of elevator. You okay. you don't use a lot of ailerons. It's kind of like in a plane world, you'd be a lot of bank and yank. Yeah. You know, when you're doing the fast forward flights and stuff like that, and obviously 3D is a totally different animal. But you know, but just to compare, like it's and, and it's different because you have you know you you might have. On a helicopter, you have that positive negative pitch. So, you, you know, you think you're going to throttle down and you're just driving the heli straight into the ground. Oh, yeah. You know? that, that was definitely part of the learning curve. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I mean, you say you're mediocre, but I don't think of you as a mediocre pilot because you, you try and you still progress. Even if you're progressing slower or, or you know, a little here and there, you know, and, and it's just because of your time. It's because you, you split your time across so many facets of the hobby you're only going to progress in each facet just a little bit at a time. You know, obviously if you focus only on, on multi-rotors, I'm sure you'll, you'll, you'll get it. You know, I'm sure you'll catch up, but you know, you still like flying planes and once in a while you, you throw up a heli and, and, well, you know, you know when, I, like when I go out to fly, generally I'm just going out to throw it in the air. I don't go out, you know, these guys that go out with a goal, man, I admire yeah. that because 
I that's I don't do that. <laughs> I <laughs> I go out there, I fly it till I smash it up, bring it home, fix it again, throw it back up in the air the next time. And uh, you know, now I have been playing a little bit more with the quads, doing my you know trying to get a little bit a little bit more skilled at my my FPV yeah. flying. Yeah, but uh, you know, and and you know, with the previous episodes, I was listening to the guys and they're like, oh, the FPV stuff's boring. Well, it depends on what you're looking for. I, when I do my FPV flying with my drones, you know, and and I'm not talking my Phantom. The Phantom is you know, that is an aerial camera that is designed for one purpose. And that's what I use that for. It's if I'm yeah. doing aerial images or photo, video, um, that's what that is. And yeah, that's boring. Cause it's a tool, you know, you're in it for the photography, not for the flying, but my, 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 my cruising quads, you know, even my two ten to a degree, I'm using that to go explore. I'm, I'm, I'm the, my problem. My favorite exploring quadcopter is my FPV and doctors. Cause I've got these giant oak trees down here with Spanish moss and ferns growing out of them. And I could take that up flying through the branches. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, you're exploring each branch as you go through the tree. And, uh, you know, it's, for me, that's fun. You know, there's no flips or rolls or stunts involved in that. You're just kind of, you know, following the squirrels and, and checking things out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had that, that, uh, nano FPV, uh, that Blade made. And I think it was last year, man. I had a little, I have a dirt road that goes past my house about 100 feet, maybe 150 feet, and I was cranking up the dirt road, and then I would turn that thing around, go through a tree, and I wound up cutting branches off a few trees and making my own little course, and <laughs> I was having a blast with that thing, man. I wanted something I wanted something not 250 size. Basically, I was waiting for the Gremlin to come out, and uh, I'll probably be at it again, but I didn't want... I'm sick and tired of the 1S stuff, you know, the single-cell stuff. I, I wanted something that was 2S. And, uh, I didn't want anything too large cause you know, there's kids in the neighborhood and I didn't want, you know, to come whipping around and, and be facing one of those kids and not fly into them or anything like that. So, I mean, I'll probably be doing that again. And I, dude, I tell you, people say, oh, it's, you know, it's boring, but I actually like the course stuff. I think if I had a course layout and I only tried it once, I, I would love to try it again. Um, I think I'd have a blast with it. Oh yeah, and, and I'm I'm looking at doing something like that here in the yard because you know I I go buzzing through the yard with the gremlin, um, following the you know outside the fence line and through the swamp a little bit and um, I'm thinking about buying some hula hoops and hanging them around the yard and and flying through them. Uh, yeah, I think that that'd be fun. But uh, and I'm actually tempted to throw some prop guards on the uh, gremlin because the gremlin. Yeah, I think, I, I need. I think that's a great idea for for flying through my trees. You know, that gremlin will grab onto the, uh, the, the Spanish moss. Spanish moss is like this green hanging, uh, stringy type stuff that, that, you know, sticks yeah. down out of the trees. Um, you know, it, it gets to the props, it's tying it up, and it's, it, if it lets it go, it's, it's falling to the ground. Otherwise, it's hanging from it. Um, uh-huh. but, uh, I'll, I'll throw up a, a clip to the YouTube video I put up for my tree exploring on the, uh, Facebook page. Yeah. Like, the hobby is what you make of it. So don't, you know, what we saying about everything and, you know, maybe you like being a dirty old planker and want to only fly planes or whatever, and and that's fine. That's fine. You know, like why does it always come back to the planes? Why I'm is not it talking, always I'm a not dirty old about, planker? It's just the term well, I'm it's, using. It's not the, okay. the plane aspect. I'm just yeah, saying the don't, attitude. Don't be a dirty old planker, even if even if you fly helicopters, drones, yes, whatever. It don't doesn't be matter. That guy. Okay, they, but know, they led but, the way with it, so that's that's what sticks in in Steve's yeah. mind. And and if you are that attitude type of person and you don't care about what we're saying then that's fine i mean you know we're not we're not here to to 
make your mind up and say, oh, you, maybe, you know, I, I shouldn't be like this. I mean, maybe you shouldn't, but. <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm guessing the dirty old plankers aren't probably our demographic. It, it, it might be, though. You don't know. You know, they might be on the helicopter side. They might be on the motorist side that, that just listen to us to see what these guys are going to talk about next, you know? Who knows? We, I don't know. And but it doesn't matter. Like it's it's not about it's it's not about what we say per se. To like we're, you know we're just giving you our ex- advice and experience. It doesn't mean anything to anyone really. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but you know, like I don't know. I just I just want to make sure that people aren't be like, oh well, you know, this guy, you know, this guy is talking about the way Maya did. Yeah, I I talk. You know, well, I I think like this, and I don't care. And, and it, it, if if they feel that way. Come on to the Facebook page. Tell us we're wrong. Yeah, yeah. Come on the show. It'll be fun. <laughs> um, enough for the stereo planker. planker. Talk. <laughs> uh, one thing I do want to mention is that I I really want prop cards on the on the Gremlin because I I bounce it around a lot of things. You know, I I, I I'm terrible at FPV in small confined areas, so. Um, one thing I, I wanted the Inductrix for is because it's it's like that ductive fan, protective prop stuff. I guess that's one thing about the Grublin, though. It, it is up to you to decide how you want to design it, right? They, it's kind of like they give you the base platform, but, you know. So, Kevin. Yes? Build me some 3D printed prop guards for it. Okay. <laughs> you, got, you know how big the props are, so you can, and the motor bolt pattern, you can figure something out. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, I... I... The uh, I think it's the Blade 110 uh, quadcopter. That torrent. That's, yeah, that thing's. I hate to say it, man. That's kind of ideal for the type of stuff I'm talking about with my my tree flying. Um, you know, as far as the way they got that that prop layout, the motor layout. Um, so I might have to I might have to grab another uh, Gremlin motor pack and maybe try to build up something like that torrent. Yeah. Cool. All right. So let's move to news and announcements. News and announcements. All right. What do you guys got? Well, we talked about it earlier. Carl Leidick uh-huh. and his giant scale L38 jet or 35. What the hell is it? Uh, T38. 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 Yeah. What the hell? I don't know where I got That's that from. Basically, the T38 was the uh, bad guys from Iron, uh, not Iron Maiden. Um, Iron Eagle. Iron Eagle. And uh, also in um, Top Gun. I believe they use the T-38s as the, as the Russian planes a lot. Ah, okay. That well, was a mix. It's to the point where he's been taxing it around, uh, doing some tests. So, man, I can't wait to see this thing in person, man. He's supposedly going to have it ready for Flight Fest 17. So if you want to see more information on that, you can check him out on YouTube. He goes by the name of Will M. Racer. Yeah, Will M. Racer. Nice. And uh, I got a link in the uh, notes for his thread on it for the uh, flight test forums. Oh, okay. So you can see it from start to finish. And also, in news and announcements, um, we have a video on the LiPo shuttle that we were talking about last week. And more information on that. I think Chris put together a nice video on how that works and more information on how you can get one if you want one. They're only $5, and you'd be uh, supporting Dave Reiber, who puts a lot of TLC into each one. Handmade, each Hand one. Handmade, dude. Hand cut and and like prepped and everything, like you know. That's 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 you know American craftsmanship right there. Yeah. So support them, support the hobby, 
Um, and it's a cool tool. And, you know, it's it's not just for the helicopters. I, I, I know definitely it works for helicopters, but I think you can apply it to other um other Yeah, multi-rotors, you know? too. Multi-rotors, too. I mean. I'm sure. You know, yeah. So definitely take a look. The bigger ones, anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The larger multi-rotors. But I don't know if you guys touched on it. Um, I haven't caught it in the previous episodes. But recently, a federal appeals court voided yeah. the uh, FAA registration rule. Um, they, they, uh, there's a gentleman that uh, took it to court and won. Uh, yeah. Now the FAA is probably going to appeal that, try to get it, you know, put back. But uh, for now, John A. Taylor, he's a he's a aircraft model aircraft enthusiast and an insurance lawyer. Okay, and ah, this is the okay. kind of thing you would have expected from the AMA to go out fight and win. Not some dude that sells insurance or yeah. uh, does, you know insurance law. It, it makes you wonder how much the big guys are actually fighting for us when when just some Joe Smo is out there and he's winning a case like this and 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 turning that around. Um, so as of right now, technically the way it appears is you don't need to have your registration numbers on your you know aircraft anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't need to go and register the FA anymore uh, yep. until they you know <laughs> get that turned back over. And you make a very valid point. Like, if the AMA is supposed to be representing us, why didn't they do this? Why is it, you know, a single person? Um, And if a single person can win, why couldn't the AMA, you know? Like, it's a big organization with how many thousands of members, you know? So, Well, uh, that's that's my conspiracy theory episode for another time. Okay, then Hmm. I'll save my comment. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it, Kevin. Spit it out. You're dying to know what it is. Well, if... The AMA looks at the government as most people do, as they don't like to lose, and I'm sure they were like, we're going to go up against a, a a facility that has endless funds that could just pinch the crap out of us just monetarily, or, you know, B, go after a, an organization that just, uh, you know, is going to come back and backlash and just... Well, but who doesn't yeah, like a David Goliath probably- type of stuff? They're, they're probably worried about losing their seat at the table, you know, and they have that right now. Yep. And, you know, I always wondered if maybe they were hoping that the regulations would maybe make it so that, you know, if you flew something that was radio controlled, you could only fly it at a sanctioned field. And they were hoping that that was going to boost their membership. I don't know. I can definitely see that part. They're excited to have 250,000 members or whatever it is, yet you have over a million drone sales from just just the phantom sales in a year you know i mean if, if you could, had made it so that those phantom pilots could only fly at sanctioned ama fields and they had to join that'd be a heck of a boost even if only a quarter of them took up the uh, membership and it still could work out that way where the you know the ama number is in place of the faa number because that was a concern at one time or you know a, a discussion that was brought up oh yeah the ama was pushing that hard to say that you know just can we use our AMA, AMA number as a registration number because yeah, I mean in theory if you're on. yeah if you're if you're if you're an AMA member and you're following the rules you're already doing that yeah and which if you're not then you pay the seventy five bucks and they make more money too so exactly yeah I mean nonetheless I think it's a good win for now you know it's a small win but it's a good win or actually it's a pretty big win in my opinion I don't know I I I had FAA numbers on my on all my <clears> aircrafts. And well, um, I don't know what happened, but, uh, you know, they got wet or something during the winter and, and they all rubbed off. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, my, my, my problem with it is 
they're they're tasked with trying to make the the airspace safe, which is I mean that's a huge job, and and they're scrambling for ways to do it. This wasn't it. This was nothing but an information grab. Yeah. You know, if you if you went to the registration, the way I look at it is look at what they're willing to sue you or fine you or arrest you for, and that's what they're they're really after. Nothing in the in the the FA registration stuff had to do with you know you'll be fined if you don't follow safety rules. It says you'll be fined if you don't give accurate information or if you don't give the information at all. That's the two things they're going to go after you for. So their yep. their priority was your information. What they want to do with that, I don't know. You know, that's what that to me is what they were after. Conspiracy theory rant over. <laughs> Very scary stuff, though. Very scary. Stuff. Well, the, the the fear of it isn't so much like you know, oh, Big Brother spying on you. They already have that information. Um, my concern would be more along the lines of if Amazon came in and they want to put a, a commercial drone route through a certain area. Well, they've got the names and addresses for all the people in that area. They just sent them out a cease and desist note saying that you can't fly in this area anymore. And so that's what what I was thinking, you know, that type of information would be used for. Mm -hmm. I just think these people that make the laws are idiots and uh, they don't know what the hell they're doing. I mean, I always relate this to to weapons, man. And, you know, the knee-jerk reaction and stuff that they do with weapons is ridiculous. I mean, in Jersey, I can own a fifty cal because it has a 10-round magazine, but I can't own a 17-round Marlin 22. Who makes that freaking decision? And you got that idiot freaking uh, from New York State who says you don't need you don't need 10 rounds to shoot a deer and, you know, bans everybody to seven rounds in their magazines, including the police department, the moron, the governor of, of uh, New York. Was it Como or? No, I think that was Chuck D or I forget. Chuck uh Schumer. No, it wasn't it wasn't nope. Schumer. No, he just uses the IRS, the strong arm registered Republicans. <laughs> um it was Ch- I forget. I thought it was Chuck D yeah. I don't I don't know. But I can remember him saying that. I, I just and then so so you got people that like you've been stressing it over and over again, Fred, just to you know, go into a uh, a local town council meeting and showing them what an FPV thing looks like. I mean I've had the same experience in a CEO's backyard where they found a kid's toy and instead of banging on the doors, hey, is this your kid's toy? They were stressing out. I mean, this guy has 16 cameras in his on his house and they were trying to get us to go back and review the footage to find out where this thing came from. And I was like, are you people crazy? I said, first of all, it's got a one cell battery. It's got like three minutes of flying time. That coupled with the range is probably like a, you know, a yard away. It's probably your your neighbor's kid was flying it around and lost it. Yeah. It, it just they they I mean he's he's not a politician but that just goes to show you that the the lack of information out there and knowledge is is ridiculous. I'm I mean people say it all the time. I, I can stand outside your window with a GoPro on a stick and get better footage than you your know cell some phone. yeah, or your cell phone, right? Yeah, your cell phone has way better cameras. I just think uh I don't know. I I I personally have a feeling and this is my own conspiracy theory that you know, politicians just didn't want these drones flying around, you know, following them, happen to catch them coming out of some, you know, hotel room with their pants down or whatever. And, you know, <laughs> that's what I think. But but then again, it is, you know, it's a freaking government. They have no freaking clue. It's an easy button. Um, the media stirs up the, the, the fear and animosity with the public. 
the politician gets up there and says, hey, look, it, I'm here. I'm doing something for you, whether they're doing anything or not. Right. They make up a rule or a law that, that is already covered by other laws. Then they get the, the beat on the chest and say, hey, look, I'm standing up for you. Yeah, then it goes down in in the in history as the Joey D dirtbag freaking you know law that was written by some scumbag who didn't know what the hell he was talking about. Don't sugarcoat it, Kevin. Go ahead, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's getting late and the coffee's wearing off. <laughs> all right, all right then. <laughs> well, on that note, what's next for you in the hobby? <laughs> for me? Yeah, Kevin. Fun fly. Fun Gonna fly. be flying nice. this weekend, I hope, at the fun fly. That's a fun fly. Get that nitro fixed. Nitro's ready, dude. Ooh, yeah. Nitro awesome. is ready as far as it, as ready will be. Nice. 380? The 380, I, I have, I'm, I'm servo-less. I need servos. Oh, come by. Pick up a pair of BKs. <laughs> okay. It's Steve's swap shop. <laughs> uh, I might actually have a Goblin 380 for sale. What's next for you, Steve? Uh, I got to make some more uh, fun fly signage. Some signage, right? I'm going to make a, a registration sign, a sign for the arrow saying this way to the fun fly, heli fun fly, you know? Nice. Um, by the time you hear this podcast for our listeners, uh, if, you ha- if you are coming and have not pre-registered, you're going to get some generic bullshit type of little pilot badge. It's not going to be the cool one with your name on it. And everybody's going to know you didn't register. Yes, everyone's going to know you didn't register. No. Uh, well, they're going to know. That, that that part is true, but it's not bullshit. It's the same thing, but without your, without your name on it. But it's cool. You know, you get one that has your name on it, you can save it. It'd be like this, you know, commemorative little uh, trinket thingy. That, um, and, and I you know? I actually do. I've got, you know, different mementos from various flying events mm-hmm. I've been to. I have all my Neff ones, you know. I have all my flight fest, well, one flight fest one. Um, yeah, I keep them. Why not? You know? But yeah, definitely pre-register, register, come check us out, you know, come check out the fun fly, come say hi to us. You know, don't be shy. Kevin, Kevin's a pretty nice guy. Just you know, <laughs> don't, don't judge his age, you know, because then he'll <laughs> turn into old man metal. What? But, um, uh, <laughs> or old man planker. Oh, man, Planker. Come up and tell us you hate the podcast, but you can't stop listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Or, or come follow the page, but don't like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, definitely. Come up to us. You know, even if you don't fly helis and, you know, you're around in the neighborhood, like, spectators are free. Come by, park your car, hang out. I mean, last year, we ordered so much pizza, you know, everyone was welcome to it. It wasn't just a pilot's thing. It was everyone. Last year we had a spectator win the 50-50, I think, too, right? Didn't that guy that came out from, from Ed's neck? He was a pilot. He, he, he was oh, a pilot, okay. but he didn't, he didn't fly, though. He was like, he just wanted to contribute to the club or whatever, so he, he paid his pilot registration fee, his landing fee, but didn't fly because he was, he was new, and he ended up winning the 50-50, which is great. So, yeah, if you're, a, if you're a carbon fiber quad guy or a foam guy or a balsa guy, yeah. come on out and, and, and tell Steve and Kevin that you'd like to hear more of that on the podcast. Sure. Yeah, in fact, come on the show because we're going to be doing a live podcast recording there. You want to you wanna share some of that, that balsa goodness or that you know, carbon fiber quad screamers? Come on. You know, you into fixed wing FPV? 
and and if you're willing to do something for me that's a you know a little secret surprise i'm not going to tell kevin and steve what i want you to do contact me private message and and uh we'll work out a plan oh boy oh i don't like the sound of that oh yeah neither do i <laughs> Um, oh, one thing I also want to mention is that even our our spectators last year, we were giving out shirts, and it, it was it wasn't just like a pilot thing, you know. We we definitely shared everything with everyone. So, you know, come out, hang out, meet us, check out some cool stuff flying in the air, um, and enjoy some food and drinks or whatever, and, and you know. Yeah, and we should say that we possibly might have a, a professional pilot, correct? Or yeah, no? I heard about that. I don't know. We'll see. I think, uh, you know, well, Kevin to help, help, help. <laughs> there you're really. gonna, you're gonna have Steve flying. That's about as professional as you can get. Kevin, you and I should do a noontime demo where we uh, do a tandem flight together. Yeah. Okay. I scare everyone. <laughs> It'd be awesome. Everyone gets scared. It'll be great. Um, <laughs> no, no, but you should do a noontime demo. Yeah, I will. If, I'll, I'll fly out one, as far have... as I can, and you can. I'll yell out, "Help! Help! Help!" And you can tell me what orientation. No, no. Well, have <laughs> we done that already, Fred? That may have been done once already. Um, Maybe that's going to be my signature move. You already got the Sukhoi thing going. So, so when you uh, fly the helicopter, loose mount the the uh, skids and the canopy, and let them fall off in flight. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> That should be interesting. Just make sure they're not coming off when you're inverted. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be bad. I, it would make for a great show, but you know, yeah. not so much for a landing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fred, what you got? Sad, apparently, because that's what someone wrote. You're sad yeah. because you won't be making it to our fun fun. Oh, yes, uh, that's that's what I meant. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I, I I need to go practice flying my quadcopter so I can go out and actually go through some of the gates with the guys. Um, I, uh, I've been flying the heck out of the gremlin and the 210 has definitely been revitalized. Um, I found a really neat little field nearby that's got big oak trees that have nice clear under, under, there's no undergrowth, there's grass underneath. So it makes some nice tunnels. Um, so I want to get back over there and do some more flying in that little field and, and maybe get a video tube made up from it and, uh, you know, improve my, my, Fast and low flying skills. Some nice. When you fly the Gremlin, do you fly it in anything but acro mode? No, no, that's all it is. I'm in full rate mode on that. Okay. Um, that thing is. But I, I know you guys were talking about having some issues with the uh, different angle and horizon mode. Um, yeah. Mine's been locked on. It it works great for that. Um, I mean, to the point that I, w I wouldn't have a he hesitate at all to uh, hand the transmitter to someone else and let them try it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, what I, what I did has a bigger issue than mine. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what's going on with him. Um, and, I, told, I told Kevin to call customer support. Yeah, he should have called uh, called the uh, tech support guy. It happened to me this weekend. It's like if if I have it sitting there and I decide like I want to do like a punch out like you do on a helicopter. If I'm yep. flying, I can whip that thing around and fly. I was flying it up and down my str the street this weekend, but then I said, ah, oh, I want to you know see what happens if, or just goose it. You know, that's when it seems to flip right over. It's weird. Yeah, I wonder if one of the ESCs has um, got a bad solder point, and, and when you goose it like that, it's, you know, having an issue. And that one of the ESCs not going through, is it? Check and see if it's doing it the same direction every time or if it, if it varies. Um, 
because you know if it's doing it the same direction every time, you might have a bad ESC or motor. Could be. Cool. Um, and when you when you really you know hit the amps to it, it's uh it's shutting down momentarily and it's flipping it. Yeah, it could be. That's what it seems like it's doing. And it seems like it's the same flip. I, I was top. I was having trouble with that um, with two different quadcopters, and I had two different flight controllers, two different receivers. And it was, they were both doing the same thing, and it turned out I had some um, I had some bad ESCs that I had accidentally mixed in with my good ones. And when I was doing the uh, <clears throat> setup on those quads, I, I grabbed them and I put one on each one. So apparently, and so that's but what it was. It was a bad ESC. Though, mine, mine kind of does <clears throat> that too, but not to the extreme that Kevin does. Mine, if I do a f- like, if I go really heavy on the throttle, like full throttle. It'll kind of pitch to one side. It'll kind of lean back or whatever. It won't. It won't actually go up, you know. Which I think is more of a tuning thing for me. I don't know. Well, you also built the um. Oh no, uh, Kevin built Kevin the, built the Josh version. Yeah, yeah. which and, is. And did mm-hmm. you do the inverted motors on the back? No. no. Yeah, that that might be giving the uh, the flight control board a little bit of a fit. Yeah. Um, because I know we used to we you know back in the old days we'd actually tell the, um, the flight control board an offset. If it wasn't exactly centered in the frame or the motors were offset, you, you would actually program in that offset so it knew. Um, mm-hmm. yep. So I think that was back in the multi-Wii days. The multi-Wii um, KK boards did that too. Yeah, you would do that. Is there anything else you guys would be working on? Nope, nope. Other than the standard, if, if I get back out in the shop, it needs cleaning every time I go in there. Um, yeah. I, I, I am a little excited. I didn't, I didn't mention it. Um, I bought myself a new table saw. Uh, nice. And it's one of the little fold up, you know, it's got wheels on it, folded up, moving around. Uh, mm. and that's definitely something I was missing in the shop. The one I had was an old, you know, kind of job site saw that was beat up and didn't have any legs. So I, I built a box frame for it that I wasn't happy with because it was just took up too much room. Nice. Um, so I, I want to build a, uh, flight box that I could, mount all my stuff in. I want to have the uh, my quadcopters like Velcro and, and, and be able to mount it to the inside of the the, the swing open door. You'll mm-hmm. see. I'll, I'll put something together and, nice. and uh, that's an upcoming project. Sweet. Cool. Yeah. I started uh, buying some wood. I'm going to start building my, my benches, my work benches soon. Oh man, I'm looking forward to seeing how that turns out. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I know we spoke about it. Like we're going to get some one by, th- I would get some one by threes and stuff, but <laughs> I mean, unless I spend like six or seven dollars for uh, an eight foot one by three, like the more the the construction versions are like they're terrible. They're so warped and bent and not oh, true. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, you know what? Screw that. Do, do <laughs> two you by have fours good... three bucks? I was like, screw it. I'll just buy the two by four. So, do you have a good table saw? Um, I mean, I have a a decent one. They're not. It's not great. I you know anything cutting anything big. I need help. Because it's hard to push through uh, like a sheet of plywood by myself um, to keep it straight. It'll end yeah. up kind of curving one side because I'll push from an angle. I mean, I mean, it cuts through. I was able to cut sheets and sheets of you know plywood down you know, with no real issues. But you well, uh, cut my own. Well, I was gonna say is you rip a two by four in half and it works out nice. Yeah. And you know if the two by four is straight, it it you know makes some nice little you know one by threes. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely. Yeah, I could definitely do that because, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I have a guide on my, on my table saw, so I could set that to, you know, whatever, 
however thickness I wanted. So if I split the one, you know, the two by four, which is what, one and a half inch and do three quarters and rip it through the center, I could do it like that for sure. Or I could do it the other way. Um, yeah. Make two by two, you know. Try yeah, just different- ma- and just make sure you have a good, you know, sharp blade on there. And yeah. if you got a planer, then you can just run it through the planer and really make it dressed up nice. But, yeah. you know, if not, just put the ugly side in on the inside and you'll be good. I mean, so I mean, I bought enough two by fours to, so I drew out my first um, workbench. It's going to be three by four. I'm just going to build that out and see how it feels, how it looks. But, and, but you to know, be honest with you, you know, a heavy bench is not a bad thing. It's going to be less yeah. likely to move on you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not going to be shaking as much. You know, a light bench, if you just, you know, it's good for light work. Yeah, so I think I'm just going to go up to two by fours and it's going to be pretty much permanent. Like once I build it and slide against the wall, I don't plan on really moving it. Um, in the middle of the garage, I'm going to have my normal Ikea, like I think it's like four by six um, work table that I've, I've been using for a while. Mm-hmm. And that'll be in the middle of, the, you know, of my garage. So that's fine. But the, the ones on the wall where I'm going to have some shelving underneath it, I'll build some shelving. And I designed it to be it's basically three feet high with a, a little. It's like thirty-seven inches because I'm I'm building the, the 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 framing three feet high, and then it's gonna be a half inch ply and then a half inch MDF on top, um, with a four inch back lip on the back, so that way nothing rolls off the back and into the floor. Uh, so so we'll see how that works out. Um, it's gonna be underneath all my electrical boxes that I've mounted at 40, 46 inches, uh, forty-two inches at the base. So it should work out for me. So I'm excited about that. Hopefully, I um, you know, that's working out. I've I've sealed my garage on that side to make sure there's no leakage, so I can start building this stuff and actually clear the floor a little. Now, this is one thing I wanted to talk to you guys. I, mean, I guess I could talk about it offline, but it's uh, garage flooring. I've been watching some videos, and you know, once you start watching some videos, you get some crazy ideas about either epoxying or putting tiles down or something on the floor. What do you guys think, Fred? What, what do you, do you have, think? Yeah. What do you have for a floor now? Concrete slab. Oh, see, I wish I had that. Um, I've got ply now, mm-hmm. and uh, my whole my whole shed's raised up on concrete pillars. So, yeah, a concrete floor would be awesome. Uh, if you wanted to spend the money on it, yeah, that 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 garage floor sealer mm-hmm. is some nice stuff. Um, but if you're doing it for pretty, you know, just realize it's not going to last. If you're dragging stuff, rolling stuff, moving sure, stuff across, yeah. yeah. Um, I would definitely see about, you know, giving it a, a, a nice paint job, you know, that gray flat paint to help make some of the, the small stuff that you drop stand out. Yeah. And, so uh, my, my thing was, you know, Rust-Oleum and there's other companies that do it. You know, you get your, your two-part epoxy and you, you can seal the whole floor. Now, the only thing I'm worried about is that if I seal the floor, I'm going to have issues later on with concrete kind of, you know, seeping some moisture or whatever underneath that epoxy layer. But I think I think for what I need it for to be a, a good workshop where especially if I cut wood, like you that's one thing great about the sealed epoxy floors is that you cut wood and there's like a pile of sawdust, you could just take a leaf floor right out the garage door. Yes. Everything just blows right out. You know, and then you can clean it up. Like it's it's clean up it's so much easier. Spills, you know, all that stuff. So in that aspect, like I don't care if it gets scratched up. It's a garage, it's a workshop. It's you know, if it doesn't get scratched up, it looks funny. Well, how, opinion, how, you know. how how smooth is the floor? The floor isn't too bad. It's just the problem is I have tons of shit in there. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that means I would have to remove everything for that 24 to 48 hour period um, for me to, you know, seal any cracks, prep the floor, 
and then um, and then lay that uh, epoxy with the the sprinkled stuff. You know, I'll, I'll probably yeah. do the the ones with the little uh, the dusting of the little paint chips or whatever you call it. I wouldn't do the paint chips though, dude, because like Fred said, if you drop something, you're never gonna see it. You'd want to. Yeah. I would do one color. Yeah, I do. I do a solid color. Um, I mean, and, I, and I had. I live in the I, same house for thirty years, man, and I haven't done anything to my garage floor. I mean, I got an old Harley that I got oil on the floor from it, but now I have like a little catch thing underneath it, and it's been sitting there for a couple of years now. And my area that I work in, I just broom it out, you know, dustpan and clean it up. I think I might do that. I mean, I might build this one workbench so I have a temporary space to kind of. You know, just kind of work on this, but I think I might make the investment. And like you said, um, I'm going to need probably, because that's like a one in a car, one and a half car garage. It's a pretty decent size, but, um, I'm going to, I'm not going to be able to do it with one like epoxy kit. You know, it's, I'm going to need two kits, which will probably cost me two, three hundred dollars. I could do half the garage, right? I could set half the garage. It's, uh, I think it's like, I think it's like 12 hours or 10 hours and then you can walk on it already. Um, but then like they say for drive, like for a car load, like to put your car on there, you should wait 24 to 48 hours, which is fine. You wait two days and it's completely dry and sealed and, well, and then I can work on the other side. So I'd say do it in two batches, do a, like a perimeter paint, leave the center, you know, raw and then go over the center later, you know, something like that. And, Cause then you can leave the center, push everything to the sides and do the center and let that cure. Yeah. yeah I don't I'm, know. I'm, I don't, I don't know how you do it. If you can mask it off somehow or something. Put some sort of divider down, but yeah, the problem is the prep work because if there's any type of sealant already on it, you have to either sand it or chemically remove any type of that stuff. Do you have access um, to a sandblaster? And then there's also etching you might have to do on the concrete, depending on how um, you know you have to prime the concrete for etching. Yeah, how much oil spillage has been on it and things like that. So, I mean, you know what the what I think for me for the easiest method is to just temporarily move all that stuff right outside the garage underneath some type of uh, canopy or yeah. carport or something, you know, tarp it, whatever, figure out some way of, of protecting it and getting it outside and then work on it all, right? Because at that point, I can replace all the sills on the back and side walls and then and then prep that floor and get it done. So, um, yeah, home improvement stuff. Are we done with this old house? It's like this old house listening to Bob Vila and Tom Silva talking. <laughs> We'll talk more offline, but that's that's Jeez. you know that's right, Bob. <laughs> there, there, there goes old man Planker rearing his head again. It's know, this right? old house. It's not old man metal. It's old house, man. <laughs> old man Planker out there just got all cranky. You, know, you you done whippersnappers in your fancy little RC shops? Well, dude, I want to listen to an RC podcast. I don't want to listen to. Oh, podcast. here we go. It's RC workshops. All right. Yeah. Okay. I need a place to build that cub, man, and, and take apart you, all that. You gonna talk that, about what vehicle you drove to the RC field too? Well, and, you know what? That might be a good topic because you know that do is you a do good it. Topic. My my wife, my wife is about to buy a little uh, Fiat car. You know, you're not exactly cramming a big 700 in that thing. I stopped for gas, and the gas attendant's middle name was. <laughs> oh boy! Favorite it's color? getting late, Kevin. It is. Kevin's, Kevin's getting cranky. I'm getting cranky. Okay, I have Snickers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I went uh, to have a Snickers the other day, and unwritten on the Snickers was cranky. So what the hell? <laughs> My girl's like, oh, we're at the aquarium. She's like, oh look, there's a shirt for you. It's a shark. It says hangry, and I was like, yeah, that's me. Except that I'm not hungry, 
and I'm always angry. <laughs> like, I don't know. Not, I don't know. I get. I, I love I it. Kevin, I Kevin's the sa- <laughs> doing the same ranting to us right now that I do in the car when you guys go on on the wrap up. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's why Fred's entertaining me with this. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's do the wrap up then. Wrap up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. What? Well, one more thing now. This old house okay. was on PBS, which was public broadcasting too. Just to tie everything all in to our earlier conversation about public broadcasting. Nice, nice. Bring it all back. Cool. All right. Facebook likes. We are at 618 plus three likes this week, and the names go as the following: Steve Miller. Steve Miller. Jerry? Yeah. From Steve Miller band. You know that. Nice. I'm blow up the spot now. Uh, Jerry Rodriguez and Norris Flanagan. Ah, uh, Norris Flanagan. <laughs> I was waiting to see who would do that. All right. <laughs> Fred's going to be quiet. Well, it wouldn't be me. No? Uh, I, I don't do the... Uh... You don't do the accents, Fred? No, no. Although... To, to deviate from our wrap-up topic, my wife does say living with me is like living with the Muppets, because I'll do various voices, but not for you guys, just for her. Uh, oh, see? boy. Not no. like that. Usually no, on long problems. car rides. Uh-huh, sure. Is that what you guys call it these days? Long car rides, air quotes. Uh, no, I'm married. We don't have those long car rides. <laughs> Wait, what the hell are you guys talking about? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I have no clue. Facebook comments. What do we got? I just got to give a shout out to Mark Richie from Australia. Uh, nice. Only because we've been chatting back and forth. He's a good guy. Uh, he mm-hmm. got the yep. got the stickers that I sent him. I mentioned that last time, but um, yeah. I just wanted to give him a little shout out. Hey, Mark. What's up, Mark? Good chatting hey, Mark. with you. The Q-R-C-H-A? Q-R-C-H-A? Um, some, I forgot the club name. Da, Daubin, Daubin. Uh, I'm ruining it. Anyways, okay. What else do we have? Website comments? No, we got any? I haven't seen any. But I haven't looked. Oh, we got a letter from Javier. Mm-hmm. And uh, he enjoyed listening to the RC Heli Hooligans crossover joint podcast episode. Uh, yeah. And he, he sent us uh, a couple things. He said he's also listening to Bert and Bobby when he can. And, uh, He's enjoying the whole podcast thing, man. He's excited to uh, to get into the flying season. Awesome. And he's excited to see the new Synergy and the, new, the Comet Fireball. Awesome. Yeah, me too. Thanks, Javier. Thank you. Uh, Podbean. Podbean. Hernia liked our episode <laughs> 75, Spring Fling, with Robert Monty, Todd Bennett, and Casey Campbell. And nice. Gina, Gina, Gina. Uh, our buddy from Florida, who's been flying by herself lately on I know. Facebook. Um, she liked episode 72, F3N with Greg Jackson, and episode 75, Spring Fling. Nice. Now, now for those of us that don't do the Podbean, what is it? How how are you getting the information from there? I don't know. I log in, and it says I have new notifications, <laughs> and I check it out. Is that so... just like a, a, a way to download podcasts other than iTunes? Yes. Yeah, so okay. Podbean is our hosting site. So you could go directly to our hosting site and sign up an account and it has its own built-in kind of type of social, you know, media aspect where you can add comments, 
You can, you know, hit the little heart button that you like the episode and stuff like that. Ah. So, so for, for the folks that aren't, um, Apple, iOS, you know, they'll, they could just get it right straight from Podbeam and Podbeam has their own app. Um, and I think Podbeam, you can do the same thing on Apple too. So if you don't okay. like iTunes, you know, you can just download the Podbean app and then subscribe to us. And then, you know, you could do have all those functionalities there of liking and commenting and stuff like that. And whether you join us for helicopters, multi-rotors, airplanes, this old house, just want to give a huge shout out to all our listeners and say thank you um, because I'm looking at some of the data since um, I'm on Podbean now. I mean, I'm on it every episode, but I don't go to the... Uh, to the data and the uh the, the one dashboard yeah and the statistical yeah. page every now uh, mm-hmm. you know that much geez episode 67 we had 1400 downloads wow uh, which is crazy man our average used to be 400 yeah so what was, yeah what was four or five, yeah. uh 67 was the rc heli hangout one uh okay. matt matt and amy bodos that one is is almost the same i mean so that that's awesome uh, so yeah. thanks, guys. Even some of our dumb episodes that we've done, listen to the voices and shortest, short and sweet. Um, pretty much huh? didn't plan shit. I mean, some of our latest ones <laughs> um, are up there in the top ten. So I mean, that's awesome, guys. Thanks so much. That's a yeah, lot. Awesome. I mean, that's a lot of people. That's fourteen hundred. Is it's it's respectable in my book, you know, to have <laughs> that many folks download yeah. the episode, even if you know, like. Even if they don't listen, shoot. Just I was like, wow, that's awesome still, you know? Yeah. That's a lot. This is like Inception. When I go to listen to this podcast later and I'm listening to the part where it gets the wrap up, I am now the person that's holding up the wrap up. Whoa. What why? You gonna say something? What what, what do you gotta say? No, because I went on the Podbean deviation. Oh. Oh. Okay. That's okay. Sorry, Fred. That's all right, Fred. I'll I'll be yelling at myself in the car. But you have to apologize. Fred, what are you doing, Fred? That's part of the thing you say. Oh, sorry, Fred, but <laughs> let's go on this tangent. <laughs> That's like me when I edit and I go, shut up, Kevin, when I got to silence myself because somebody else was talking. All right. iTunes reviews. iTunes. I saw nothing new on iTunes. We need some more iTunes reviews. Do we? Yes. Yes. I've had I, about I want enough of iTunes. I want, I want Kevin to be like, we got some reviews. We got some iTunes reviews. Yeah, I want him work for it. <laughs> so I am, you know, shouting out anyone who has not left an iTunes review for us to go ahead and please leave us an iTunes review, which is pretty much every single iTunes listener except for like four. Yeah. So if you're wondering if we're talking about you, yes. You know, yes. It's, it's because Steve does a lot of reading at the end of the show, and if. There is an iTunes review. I get to read it. That's, that's a so good thing. So if you thing. want to hear more from Kevin. Ugh. And nobody wants to hear that. Well, obviously, we'll know so next not leaving week. iTunes reviews. <laughs> <laughs> we'll know next week. If people are like, oh, no. The, <laughs> the audience has decided. <laughs> All right. Drop Fine. us an iTunes review, and we'll read the review on the next episode. Email us at freefallrc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast. Don't forget to check out our webpage, freefallrcpodcast.com, as we are always adding new content. But are you? I don't are know. Chris really? 
Okay. I don't know. I'm hoping Chris is. Uh, say hi to Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Rybert. Rybert. Yes. Uh, let's see here. Flight test forums, off the field, audio and video production, other than flight test podcast, free for RC podcast. Uh, we, I, I mean, I have, or we have been slacking a little on that. Um, Tell us yeah, that we've been slacking on that. I, and, uh, I might have to see about trying to, to pick up that torch. I, I've been uh, trying to edit the notes a little bit to make it easier to transfer some of the stuff over. Cool. Awesome. So Fred just volunteered to take over that portion. <laughs> 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 no, but I'm, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and that's not even that. Like, um, the next one, RC Heli Hangouts forums uh, under RC Heli Hangouts main section, podcast corner. Um, you'll see us there. I, I, I want to transfer all the stuff that we have on the flight test and put them on both but it's just a lot of work so you That'd know be sure. yeah give us some time and and you know we'll, we'll get to that but yeah if you're on the flight test forums don't just check our section out check out our friends at the flight test community cast hey Patrick. Hi, Patrick, Mike. i was about to say nobody nobody <laughs> really are you guys even listening to me <laughs> uh, is this thing on is this thing on <laughs> Sorry, what? Uh, and then if you're ha- if you're, you're if you're on rcheliHangouts.com on their forums, uh, don't forget to check out our friends at RC Heli Hooligans podcast. Hey, Walt Ned. All right, cool. got that one in. Yeah. All right. Thanks to our listeners. Um, I hope you are listening to this as you drive down to our podcast on Saturday. I mean, podcast, our fun fly on Saturday. That will have a podcast. That will have a podcast and that you can be on the podcast. Ooh, we will have, oh, damn it. Hey, you, some extra you can mic. give your, you can give your <laughs> iTunes review live. Yeah. Damn it. I just thought I gotta, we gotta buy some extra mics. Do you have any extra mics? <laughs> I don't think so. Just have the one. Yeah, I just have the one too. Shit. Might need some XLR cables. Yes, XLR cables and extra mics. So we might have to go hit up Robbie's Music or Music Den or Guitar Center or one of those places. All right. Anyways, uh, thank you for listening. We are Skies, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Hopefully tomorrow. We can't all afford goblins. (laughs) Uh, I'll be down here in Florida. Have fun with the fun fly. Yes. See you, Fred. See ya. Yeah. Be and uh, if you guys are going and you know the helicopter power, yep, dab. Oh, I knew you were going to mention this. Where is my pod bean? Yeah, it almost a surprise. I mean, it does come up every episode, but. Yeah, it's nearly a shocker. Hoo, hoo, hoo. It's like I just walked into the room and turned the light on and forgot what I came into the room for. Thanks, Fred. You're welcome. Like, like that never happens. <laughs>